Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. You are listening to your friendly neighborhood Heroes of Noise. I am your host, Steve. What's up, Buttercups? My name is Dan Ramirez. Welcome to episode four. It's a beautiful day. I'm here with my friend Steve, and we are ready to do this. How's it going? How you feeling, brother? I'm a little sad, actually, that we didn't get to do our pre-show today, but eh, oh well, that's all right. We're just going to keep rocking it out. And so We were talking business, man. We have, so, we have exciting plans coming your way. We have such exciting plans coming your way. I mean, the show's about to go to another level. We can't wait to show y'all what we have in mind. Like, what could go wrong with a co-host like this brother Dan over here? Such an open-ended question, and the answer is plenty. Plenty could go wrong, actually, Steve, but I do Why appreciate I do appreciate the, the words of the uplifting words that you've given me today. You know me, man. I can't deal with these compliments. Totally understandable. <laughs> uh, fictional or not, I just can't deal with them. So anyway, you know what I love? I love giving people information that they can utilize to better their lives. And I thought I would start off with something like this, Steve. Do you mind if I just take the mic for a second and, uh, and do my thing? Can you leave out the dot E dot Hudson for me? <laughs> hey, come on, man. Why you got to bring up old shit? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I think I now, lost a lot of followers because of that. I'm going to put in a, a dash and a backslash too now. <laughs> Forward slash, maybe an asterisk you, now. You made up my hash. You made up my, my Twitter. There's no way of proving uh, it. You've wiped it off the internet. Gee, I'm I sticking with it. my story. When would I ever have put a period or a underscore or a, I mean a period after S dot? It's your own fault for not correcting me. So, this is true. No, that's so, true. Take no, your medicine. Yes, I will do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Steve's crazy. That's the first thing I'm going to tell you right now. That guy's mm-hmm. crazy. But I've got some information for you. If you want to get a hold of the Heroes of Noise podcast, it's very easy to do. By Gmail, it's Heroes of Noise podcast at gmail.com. If you're a Twitter fan like I am, you can reach us at, at Heroes of Noise. You can reach myself, Dan, at Dan Q Public, and my friend Steve Hudson at SE underscore Hudson Music. Is that better, Steve? Yes, sir. Right, thank you. I thought you'd like that. We also have a voicemail that hasn't been utilized yet. It's a little dusty. Uh, if uh, audio waves could be dusty, our voicemail is 559 492 9831. It's there waiting for you, actually. And you know what I just realized, Steve? I have to actually change it up because I think it's still saying the word. Uh, so good thing they haven't used it yet. But yeah, it'll all be worked out by What's the time that? you people find this anyway. What's that? The word? Oh, it's this amazing yeah. podcast that we do that you may have forgotten about. Huh, people should check that out. Since you brought it up, Steve, if you want to add us, on Twitter, you can reach that show at at word underscore podcast. Maybe I'm biased. I think we do a great job. You can subscribe to that on iTunes, and the show itself is called The Word, the unofficial preacher podcast. Lovely show. You love it. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, there's all kinds of My Heart Radio. Just get it where you can. Good show. But we're not talking about The Word right now. We are talking about the heroes of noise, the priority right now. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? I would agree, sir. So, like I was saying, subscribe to this podcast as well. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're still working on the iHeartRadio because we're kind of a brand new show. So I think we have like another like another week or something like that before we can actually put it on. And it's going to be on YouTube soon. So stay tuned. If you would be so kind, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. If you like the show, I mean, I think it helps. And if you want us to succeed in life and be happy and just be, you know, mentally healthy individuals, this is the thing that you're going to do for us here. Just just leave a little 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 note, if you will. Hey, these guys are great. Uh, 
I like Dan better than Steve. Anything like that will work. Just, you know, just a suggestion. <laughs> just a suggestion. Yeah, so anyway, do what, you, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Right. But that's pretty right. much the ins and outs of it, man. So I think we can actually get down to business right now. All right, brother. So, Dan, I know you have a busy life. Life takes you by surprise very often. Most you certainly. Have 18 jobs. 19. 19. You have a wonderful family. They're dope. But in between that, those, those interesting things happen in your life, you do find a chance to be able to read some stuff, listen to some stuff, and watch some stuff. Why don't you give the listeners a little taste of that, brother? I don't know how I have the time to do this, but yeah, I do. <laughs> Let's see. What was I into this week, man? There's a couple things that I wanted to talk about. I caught a really, really cool Amazon Prime pilot. And mm. I, I so you watch this, right? We can talk about I this one. I did. Go for it. Let me address the crowd here. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about a show that you absolutely need to watch right now. Just, just actually pause and come back and we'll still be here. But you should just yes. go and watch this right this second. It's called Sea Oak and it's on Amazon Prime. Right now, it is pilot season, and if you're not really aware of how that works, they release three pilots, normally three pilots, and you get to kind of vote on them. There's a survey that you take afterwards if you want, you know, if you are so kind to do so, and you tell them why you think this show should be on. I did one of these instantly. It's the first one that I did, and it's regarding Sea Oak, so I'm going to talk about that one a little bit. Steve, I was never really a, well, I shouldn't say I was never really a Glenn Close fan, but I think she absolutely nails her role in this one here. Um, I want to kind of break it down a little bit for these good people and tell them what's up. Go for it. And, you, and there's some things, it's going to sound very sparse because there's a certain thing that we just can't tell you. I know. And I was just about to read the synopsis just to see if that would like help people along. Yeah, you, but folks, I'm not going to actually now. I think I'm just going to tell you that I went into this completely cold. I really had no idea what it was about, but I figured I needed something to talk about. So I'm really glad that I picked this one first. Sea Oak is amazing. Uh, it stars Jane Levy, who was in Evil Dead. Last I saw her, anyway. We got James Vanderbeek. We have Glenn Close, who's amazing. And what this is, I'll just tell you a little bit about the characters. This revolves around an elderly woman by the name of Bernie. And she has a nephew who is played by... Jack Quaid, his name is Cole. And then, of course, there's Jane Levy, who plays Min, I believe her name is. And there's also Ray Gray, who plays Jade. Sea Oak was amazing, dude. It blew me away because I went into this series cold. They even have Max Casella. Do you know who Max Casella is, Steve? I do know Max Casella, yes. My wife and I were watching this and they're picking our brain like, where have we seen him? And now I remember where Max Casella came from. Do you remember? Do you knew? So you knew immediately where you saw him from. He's been in The Sopranos. I know that. But the very first time I saw Max Casella... He was in Doogie Hauser. He was Doogie's best buddy. Holy. That is where I saw him from. That yeah. is who, exactly where I saw him. Yep. I mean, he looks the same. He talks the same. It was pretty funny. And, you know, he, he even acts the way I would imagine Doogie Hauser's friend growing up and being <laughs> and acting. He, I mean, you're right. As soon as I, I didn't put it together. But, yeah, Doogie Hauser. This show... I don't even like when I first started watching it, I was expecting something completely different. I did. Like I said, I went in cold and I started watching it and I found it intriguing. It was kind of like a dark comedy that took a real even darker turn, but it was even more comedic, I guess you could say. I hate that. I can't spoil this one for you guys, but I just please go watch the show. What did you think of this one, Steve? I liked it. And, and let me tell you why. I think a big one without spoiling it is. Um, I, I started to really be interested in Glenn Close's character, the character that she was playing. Amazingly, that's how good this woman is. She could play a character, give her 100% into this character, and you may only see this character for 20 minutes. 
She's in the show. This character's in the show for 20 minutes. It is insanity. It is such a good, I'm so glad that you told me to watch it because, and I would, I recommend everyone going in cold. Don't watch the show and don't read the synopsis. Don't do any of that stuff. And do not get this confused with Red Oaks, which is another show on Amazon Prime. Remember, it's Sea Oak. Red Oaks is another great show, but Sea Oak is the pilot that you need to be watching on, on this uh, platform. It's a very good show. However, there's only one episode and it's going to drive you crazy because it's going to take forever for them to come. It's going to take forever for them to make another one. It's going to be a good, what, maybe June of 19, of 18, possibly, maybe. That's like waiting for like that when Doctor Who fans wait for the new, you know, the new episode or that's like exactly. waiting for freaking Thrones or something like that. It's going to be a bit. And I'm telling you, when you watch this, you're going to you're almost going to be pissed that you watch it, but you're going to be glad that you watched it, too. Oh, so totally. and that's the one thing. That's the thing that Netflix has over Amazon Prime, because what Netflix will do is they're not taking votes. They just release 12 episodes of something. And if you like it, good. If you don't. OK. They don't take, okay, well, let's see how this, let's tease this out. No, Netflix is just like, let me drop billions on a bunch of shows and just see what hits. Amazon needs to start doing that. Half, if Glenn Close is in your show, fund it. Right. There's yeah. no question. If she's in your show, the end, start funding that show. We will watch it. Most people will watch it because she has no business on a TV show. We're like, what is Glenn Close? doing on a TV show, and we're thinking to ourselves, well, if she's on it, that means she read it and said, oh, my God, this is going to be a good show. Fund the freaking show, man. Don't put no, don't put a pilot out there and say, will you like this? Yes, we will. It's Glenn Close. That's like, I mean, I don't understand it. The answer to that question of you saying, what is Glenn Close doing on this show? She's making it freaking awesome is what she's doing. The show is so good. That if it wasn't Glenn Close and it was another actress that was good, decently good, the premise is enough to keep me watching. It's right up your alley. It's I knew it would right be. up my alley, dog. It is right up my alley. And the fact that it's Glenn Close, in the last five minutes of this episode, she gives an Emmy-winning performance. Blew me away. I mean, gave me goosebumps. And I'm not going to tell you why, but it gave me like, whoo. Like goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Jeez!" I know. I almost want to do the thing that we do sometimes, where we're like, "All right, pause," and now we're gonna spoil it. But no, not this one. We'll talk. Maybe we should talk about this next week. Because some of you guys are 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 and and ladies and gentlemen are are driving, and you won't be able to put pause fit quick enough for us to spoil it. So just trust us in saying, "Go in blind, go in blind, watch it, enjoy it, and tell us what you think." But that's a great, that's a, that was a great pickup, Dan. Thank you for uh, hipping me to that. That was a great pickup. My pleasure, sir. I'm glad you liked it. Like I said, I, I figured it was like right up your alley. I didn't oh, think dude. you would be able to lose. I was just waiting dude. for your text to tell me how it was. And the word wow summed it up right there. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, when you say something's right up my alley, those are the things that I'm immediately going home to. I'm I like, think I'm just going to start saying that now so I can get you to watch it. Even if I, if it's not up your alley, I'm just going to say that because I know that you'll get right on it right away. <laughs> oh, there's no, because I'll be like, why is he making me watch a football movie? I don't like foosball. I don't like that foosball. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mama. <laughs> no, mama, it's, mama Boucher. Man, that is uh, for you young and y'all don't know. You know, y'all don't know what he's talking about. Maybe. I don't know. What else you been watching, brother? 
So I caught another one that just sort of dropped into my lap, and I, I enjoyed this one. Uh, this movie is called Mayhem. This is starring Steven Yeun, who plays Glenn, the wonderful Glenn on Walking Dead. And I missed, I missed Steven Yeun. I like seeing him. He's a great, he's a great actor, man. And the thing is, that's the one good thing that I wasn't up on the comics. I didn't know that was happening, but it's literally out of the comic. That scene. I read that and it blew me away to read it. You know what I mean? I know we're now we're talking about The Walking Dead, but I, I when I read the comic, it just blew me away. To see it come to life was oh my god, extremely disturbing for me. I know it a lot was, of people. I remember looking at Facebook as this was happening, and people were losing their minds about this. Oh, dude. Well, it was it was because it was a um, people were already on the fence with um, Negan. People were already on the fence with him. They don't know. They don't know if they liked him or not. So when you're, he was like, "Oh, you know," because remember that whole. Normally, Walking Dead does this thing where they tease it out and no one actually gets killed. So when he's walking around with a bat, you're like, "Yeah, whatever." But when he sw- any mini mighty mows and swings, and then it goes to come, like it goes to that, you're like, "Who did he hit?" Like it. That was the ill, and I'm sure. I get why people are just like, because a lot of people watch Walking Dead because they don't want to go into that nasty, super duper 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 goriness. And Walking Dead just said, no, 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 no. Y'all don't get it. That Stephen Young, when I see him, unfortunately, as soon as I see his face, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh poor bastard. I know. <laughs> now, is the, the girl from Mayhem, is she the girl from Babysitter? I didn't look it up. Samara Weaving is her name. Is that her? Is she the babe, the babysitter? Because when I saw the poster, yeah. okay, that is her. Okay. Because so, she has a very unique face. Yeah, she is the babysitter, which okay. is also a pretty cool one. I saw that one too, by the way. What did you think? You know what? I'm sorry. Let's stop. Because yes. yes. we haven't even started talking about yes. mayhem yet. How was that, brother? You know, I liked it. I liked it. If, uh, if you haven't, if you've seen Belko Experiment, the which Belko I Experiment. really bad, dude. Um, it's right up that alley. Let's just say that. So it's very Belko experiment. I don't think that it's copying the Belko experiment, and it's it's quite a different movie. I liked things about both movies, and I tried not to really compare them too much. But there yeah. there's a, there's a very similar premise that's going on with this one here. Whereas Belko experiment, do I want to do I want to spoil the plot of this one here? No, because I'm going to watch Belko. Yeah, I'm not going to do that to you. But I'm just going to read. I'll just yeah. read the very quick synopsis of this yes. movie, and you can yes. and you uh, that should kind of help. A virus spreads through an office complex, causing white-collar workers to act out their worst impulses. Oh, That's really all you oh, need right there? Yeah, it's up my alley. It's over. When you said virus. Yeah, the virus. <laughs> and you, you love viruses and zombies, don't oh, you? Oh, dude. And oh. if they're together, even better, right? Oh, I mean, well, technically, most of the time, zombie, that zombie thing is a virus. But sometimes right. it's not. Anyway. And, and like 28 late days later, when people are like, That's a great zombie. They're not zombies. Anyway, go ahead. They also call this one the red-eye virus. For obvious reasons, but I like this movie. It's it's kind of comedic. It's kind of it's in the action horror genre, but it's it's there's some really funny parts in this one. Steven Yeun's awesome. I love the script of this movie more so than I did Belko Experiment. But there were some there aspects of Belko Experiment that I like more than this movie. That said, I'm gonna give this one like a 3.5 out of five because it was because it was really entertaining. You know what I mean? But. At the same time, it was also one of those movies, to be honest, where it's like, oh, this is what's going to happen right now. We kept doing that. This is what's going to happen. It was Because it's fun. You're into it. You know what I mean? It holds your interest. But it is one of those movies like, oh, I see what's going to happen. So slightly predictable. But don't go into this thinking that you're going to see the next best movie that you've ever seen. Look at this as spending an hour and a half of just having fun. 
Fair enough. Okay. What, what yeah. do you think I'm going to rate it? If I see it, what do you think you see me rating this what? You tend to rate things lower than I do normally. So I think you're going to go, I think you'll go three out of five or maybe 2.5 out of five. But that's not to say, folks, that you won't like this movie. The thing is, I'm wondering, because I love J.K. Simmons is in the Belco, right? Is J.K. Simmons uh, in the Belco experiment? No, now I'm your, it's been a while, but I don't recall J.K. Simmons being in the Belco Experience. There's someone in Belco. Are you? There's someone in Belco that made me want to watch Belco Experience, and I forgot who, uh, what it was. And Stephen Yun is a person that I'm like, I will watch that movie for him. There's always, oh, I know who, you know who I know that you want to see in it. John who? C. McGinley. That's who it is. There's I knew there was someone. There's only a few actors that make me want to see something. McGinley is the one that made me want to see Belco. And he's good in that one too. Is he really? He, yeah, he's good in that one. I like these movies. I mean, they're fun movies. You know what I mean? And and I'm always on this this hunt to find a, a movie that not only scares me or disturbs me, but it can actually you know be enter, you know like funny at the same time. Yes. Oh, both wait, 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 of these. Mo- had John Gallagher too. I like John Gallagher too. John Gallagher Jr. as Mike. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was the newsroom. he's the main I love guy him from Newsroom. Oh yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. I liked him. that. That's what made me want to see it. It's uh and and McGinley, but I liked him in Newsroom. So yes, he's also in Ten Cloverfield Lane. W- which one would you recommend me seeing first? It's a good question. Because one has to prime me for the next. I say watch Mayhem first. Okay. Will do. Watch Mayhem first. Yeah, I mean it's a little bit more on the fun side. Is it so on? If that, a, if that helps you, is it on demand? It's on. Yeah, you can get that on VOD, and it's actually supposed to be uh, playing in theaters right now too. I saw it VOD. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, check out Mayhem. It's on VOD. That is another thing Dan has been watching. What else you got, brother? You need to check it seriously, guys. It's a fun movie. Um, I'm switching it up a little bit, Steve, and I'm Uh-oh. hoping that I can, I can, hoping Uh-oh. you can relate to some of this. Uh huh. Because you know, as we've said. You know, this is not only it's, it's pop culture, it's movies, it's television, it's also music. And we haven't really touched on a lot of music right now. Your music tastes are different than mine. Not uh-huh. that we don't we don't connect on a lot of things, too. Yes. But there are certain you don't really go into the into the the heavier side of things, the no, rocky, rockier side of things. How you know, heavy you do are we going? Uh, not that heavy. I guess it really just depends on who you're asking. Is that what we're going to be doing right now? We're going to talk about the new dying fetus. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. my God. Okay. That's actually a real name, by the way, bro. That's I funny. believe it. It truly is, yeah. But uh, no, this is, uh, I'm talking about a band that a lot of people, a lot of people that aren't familiar with them or have just heard the name for several, they, they tend to get shelved into this particular genre as like 80s hair rock. Do you know okay. what I mean? Uh, and the the fact of the matter is, is that these guys are still killing it to this day. I've okay. seen them several times over the years. Uh, they always, always, oh, there's never been a sold out show. Or excuse me. There's never been, not been a sold out show with these guys. They, in you go to like Chile or you go to like Brazil. I mean, they're packing the houses with like 60,000 people. It's crazy. Easy. Any given day of the week. The band I'm talking about is Iron Maiden. Yes, that's right. Iron Maiden. And they're still freaking relevant. I love this band. One of my favorite bands. And what I'm talking about is yes, just yesterday on uh-huh. YouTube, they actually streamed. They did a live stream of their up and coming live album that is called the Book of Souls live chapter. Last album they put out was called Book of Souls. I went to Vegas to see the concert and it was amazing with my buddy Mike. So it's really like their concerts, Steve, are very visual. So where like when I'm saying, you know, the 80s hair rock back in the day, I know you didn't go to these shows, but when you went into a like a for the purposes of this, a metal show, when you went into these shows there, you know, lots of pyro, lots of set 
detail, lots of props. You know, that has always been like one of their main staples with, with Iron Maiden. They always bring it every single time. So t- people tend to think, oh, they're just sort of stuck in the past. But like I said, these guys are still making new music. The last tour only was mostly originals and it was all good shit. I mean, I loved it very much. This is an interesting thing they're doing because what they're doing is, what they're doing, in my opinion, is they're, I mean, normally you're going to go into a, a concert situation and assuming it's a normal contract I'm imagining, is you're going to get paid up front and to do a concert and when you show up, you now don't owe that money anymore, right? They're gonna they're saying, okay, here you go, uh, such and such amount of money to come to Save Mart Center. The tickets go out, you get paid, or the tickets go out and it, it uh, gives back the money to whoever's promoting the show, Live Nation or whoever. They're assuming they're gonna get their money back, right? They've already paid the they've already paid the band. Now, if they pay me a certain amount of money, however, I feel this crowd to capacity and then some, the Live Nation is probably going to make more money than I did only because they gave me an upfront um, amount of money. What is interesting about this situation is I'm assuming that they are now, it's a, it's a boundless amount of people that can stream this concert. I want to know where is their cap for money? Like you can't, are they going to charge for the stream or is it going to be no. at the movie theaters? How well, is no, that going to work? The stream was actually just a like a bonus from the band. Like, hey, you can watch this on YouTube. They 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 were tweeting about it. There's like, you know, one hour, you know, so one hour free. left, half an hour left. It was free, but they took it down. Because oh, wow. Iron Maiden, see, that's the thing about Iron Maiden is they're smart. Okay, I don't like the band Kiss, but they're smart like Kiss where they know how to make money. They can freaking put their, their logo on Okay, I have Iron Maiden vans. <laughs> if that makes it, I mean, yeah. they just they know how to market very well. But what they're doing is is actually on November seventeenth, the Book of Souls live chapter is coming out, and it's got two. It's a basically a two CD. I believe it's a two CD. No, no, no. I apologize. It's a two double album is what it's going okay. to be. But it's a deluxe CD, and it also comes with the concert video. That's the thing about them is that they're always putting out. They're very. Um, <laughs> they're nothing like Dave Matthews band, but like Dave Matthews band plays a tour, puts an album out. They're used, at least they used to when I was like, you know, listening to Dave Matthews band, but they, they just, they're always documenting their tours. So no. that's, go ahead. I don't, I don't, I, okay, I'm, I'm not to interrupt you. I'm sorry. That's I'm right. not. So the stream, they streamed their live concert. People yes, watched sir. it and then they took it down so no one else could watch it. Yeah. Because, you know, only a limited number of people are going to be paying attention to it right now. You're not, you know, um, they're still going to buy it. That's the thing about Maiden fans is, okay, let me put it, let me put this into like a real situation. So I was at the Vegas show. Maiden fans are like no other fans out there. And it's just the way it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's known. It is known. But um, what it is, that was my Game of Thrones reference, Stephen. You failed me. <laughs> you failed me completely on that. Sorry. But it is known. It is known. Um, so yeah, but people are literally going up to the, because there's like a fan club there's these forums and people will communicate from all over the world. Maiden is genius because they have what are called event shirts. So if they play Vegas, there's a Vegas themed shirt. They have this mascot by the name of Eddie. And I'm sure anyone that knows Iron Maiden has seen Eddie's like this skeleton looking dude or this like zombie looking guy. And he's been with them since they started. They could put Eddie on anything and people will buy this stuff. So they'll go, they'll play Vegas. They'll have a, you know, a, a Vegas shirt. They'll go to Los Angeles or maybe they'll just do like a California shirt. You know what I mean? But there's just constantly 
putting out these shirts. So yeah. people from all over the world will get in touch with these people. I have a friend named Matt who's way into this. And uh, he'll take orders, essentially, from people all over the world. They'll send him money. He's good like that. And he'll buy them shirts and then mail them all out. And in exchange, they'll do the same thing for him. Maiden fans are freaking rabbit. So they just these people know how to do this, man. They know how to make money. They play the game differently. And I just think you'd find this interesting. I think you can appreciate this. They have had the same manager named Ron Smallwood for as long as I can remember this band being around. But here's the cool part with Iron Maiden. Bruce Dickinson, who is the lead singer, and Matt, and a little fun, it's not really fun fact, it wasn't fun for him. He, this is his first uh, tour since he had, he actually was diagnosed a year and a half ago, two years ago with throat cancer. Oh, geez. So he took time off. He found out when he was recording that album, The Book of Souls, found out, took some time off, recovered from throat cancer, and then just immediately went out and toured the world. They don't just tour the United States or a couple dates here and there. They tour the freaking world. And, and these tours go on for like two years at a time. Here's the cool part. Bruce Dickinson is actually a pilot. He's a commercial pilot. So they have a Boeing 757 that he flies the entire band, the entire crew, all of their equipment, everything around from city to city. How cool is that? That is crazy. The same guy that, that flies the plane, sings for the band. Um, he's a fencer. I mean, this dude is the shit. He's a DJ. He's an author now. He just wrote his, his autobiography. He's like, you know, doing a book tour right now. If you haven't guessed, folks, I love me some Iron Maiden. I don't listen to rock music like this. You know, the most rocking thing I listen to is Boston, and that's not rock music. You like the Foo Fighters? I do, but that's, is it rock or is it an alternative? I would dare to say it's rock. You think so? I think so. You think, um, uh, uh. <laughs> when I think of alternative music, I think of like a specific 90s sound. I know that they still have like alternative stations. Yeah, but. They have that weird, that, there's one song that sounds like a commercial. And that commercial song is just like, oh, that's not a rock. It literally oh, sounds like any song you can listen to. Every time I hear it, I'm like, that's such a commercial song. You're talking about Big Me. Yeah, that there came it, off of yeah. the first album. But anyway, I was saying, um, what I was saying is, what is the difference between them, their fans, and Metallica and their fans. I was going to talk about Metallica in a second, but um, it's just more rabid. You know what really? I mean? There's more. There's more. There's more loyalty to it, man. And I guess because they have so. I mean, Metallica's huge. I'm not going to even discredit their career, but Maiden it falls into a whole nother category of just rabid fans. You go to these shows. You can be in Los Angeles, and it's like you're at a freaking soccer game. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like the whole crowd is doing really? that kind of thing. They're waving flags in the parking lot. It's like a freaking carnival. I mean, it's like a celebration. There is nothing quite like a. You know what? Um, back in the day, I think I went to just one of them, and I was not a fan of them. But the Grateful Dead, you know, they had like a whole thing going on in their parking yes, lot too. They had a you big. Know? They weren't rabid. They were loyal. They were super. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very loyal. They were loyal. Follow. Maiden fans are rabid. They're all good people and things like that. You know what I mean? They come from all walks of life. But when, when you go to a Maiden show, you don't see anything but Iron Maiden shirts. If you're wearing something else, they're looking at you funny. I mean, it is it is a community. Would I feel comfy going to an Iron Maiden concert? No, I don't think so. I don't oh. think that I would I don't think that I would take you to an Iron Maiden concert. I would take you to an Iron Maiden concert, Steve. You'd be fine. Um, but I would take you to one where it was like greatest hits. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Because oh, they do that every once in a while. They'll do it where it's, I mean, they have hit after hit. Not radio hits per se, but they do have hit after hit. I would take you to something like that because I know that all of those songs were more um, uh, pal- palpable to oh, like the general public. Well, see, that, you know what I'm saying? That takes me down to another rabbit hole because I've had way more friends say, Steve, you got to come with me to a Metallica concert. You'd love it. Only because you know so many of the songs, you would love their concert. No one has ever said, Steve, you got to come to me come with me to a uh, Iron Maiden concert. No one's ever said that. And even No, that, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised about that, that at all. Think? They're just not as popular. Even though they have this ridiculous fan base that's been around for, you know, 30 plus years. God, yeah, 30 plus. It's just a different it's a different vibe. That's the best way I can put it. Hmm. Cuz that's very interesting. That is so interesting to me. Now I'm getting I don't want to go way deeper into this rabbit hole, but I am endlessly now interested because in my opinion, not in my opinion, I don't even know. I'm asking you. Is it a situation of Metallica's fans have more faith in their the how good their songs on are outside of their circle? Whereas Iron Maiden thinks their songs are good. Their fans think their songs are good, but only inside their fan service. Like Metallica fans think the Metallica songs are good even to outsiders. They I hear would what you're love saying. these songs. Do you think that's what it is? I think I know what you mean. I mean, I'm not really sure, but what I could tell you is that if you were to put, without a doubt, if you if Iron Maiden was to put out a single right now and Metallica was to put out a single right now, the Metallica single would just smoke it. Do you know what I mean? Because because it's just, they're a little more, like I said, they're a little more palpable when you hear them. Bruce Dickinson has a, I love his voice, but a lot of people, it's one of those voices you kind of have to get used to. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. But whereas... James Hetfield from Metallica is, is he you just he's been around for no that's not true he really hasn't been around so much not longer. at all yeah that's what I'm but, saying but but the is thing it? is but they've been more in your face you know back when we had like videos on MTV you know they they did more of that they are it's another band that knows how to market themselves but so they're exactly. just kind of always around you know but Metallica's I would say Metallica would be a more popular band yes. If that makes sense, but, but there's but the thing is, is that the loyalty is so hardcore for Maiden. There's it's a guarantee. It's a guaranteed sellout every single show they play. That's what I'm wondering. Like my thing is, if the songs are good, it shouldn't. It would be like okay, well, show me a good song. Like I know there's Metallica songs that even though I'm not into rock, if I when I when a friend let me hear their songs, they were objectively good. I'm like okay, regardless of if I like rock or not. This is an objectively good song. Like I could tell if I walked out as a producer, if I produced a rock song and I walked out and they did um, uh, Sad But True, I'd say I produced an amazing rock song. That's going to be palpable for all people that listen be like, you know what? I'm not going to just turn the radio off. Even if I don't like rock, I'm not turning that off. Whereas if it's the true for Iron Maiden, someone should be able to be like, no, no, no. This CD is objectively good. You're going to like it because it's good music, not because of the rabid fan base, none of that. I, I haven't had fans be like, oh, no, no, no. You'll like it because it's just good music. Don't even trip. They're more, oh, it might not be your... Another thing about Iron Maiden that you have to understand in concerts, that these guys are, they're older. I mean, they're, they're pushing 60 easy, bro. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the deal. Those fuckers have more energy than most bands out today. I mean, leaps from the half stacks and just running. Bruce Dickinson is in amazing shape for his age. And this dude is just all over the place. 
there's a little hokiness to it sometimes. I'm not going to lie. You know, there's a few things that are, you see, here's the thing about Maiden shows. If I went, if I took you to an Iron Maiden show tonight and we watched it and you liked it and decided to come back with me again, you're going to see exactly the same Iron Maiden show. That's the thing about them is that Iron Maiden tend to choreograph very well for their tour and they play that tour to a T much like it would be like, um, I mean, think of like how like a Broadway touring Broadway oh, play. Totally. You know, it's, well, that it's the was same like, remember, thing every that was single like time. Michael Jackson, he didn't veer off a song with, with the song list. Everything had to go a certain way because you have dancers. You have it was a show, so right, it's not like exactly. let me go to this next show. Maybe he does a little twist on no, no, no. It's going to be the exact show because that's what people are paying for. Exactly this show. So I yeah. totally that was an '80s thing where it's just like no people come to see this massive production thing. And I really am interested in knowing more because you put me on the Foo Fighters and you didn't even hesitate. You're like, no, 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 no. You don't get it. They're just good. So I'm very interested to, to see if you could put me on the Iron Maiden. Maybe a CD I will like. I I, I don't I like know. Foo I Fighters. mean, we'll try it. We'll yeah. give it a go. But it's, I mean, but you can't, you know, it's like saying, hey man, I like chewing gum, but I also like try to, you know what I mean? Like they're just, it's just so different. I, I would be, tell you what, I would be willing to give you a, a greatest hits, but like I said, it's more of an acquired taste. I would not be surprised if you didn't like them. There, but I, ha- I have no reason to defend Iron Maiden. Like, no, 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 no. Like, give it a try. Give it a try, because Iron Maiden doesn't care. They know that the next show they go to, they're gonna sell. You know, they're gonna sell millions of dollars worth of merch easy oh, every totally, single time. Totally. They're gonna pack the house every single time. Iron Maiden doesn't care. They're an established act, yeah. and they just don't care. They do what they do, well, which is why me, I really appreciate them. I just them. care. I care. Like for me. If a mil- if millions of people like an artist, I want to know why. They can't just be crazy. You know, it's right. not like a, it's just like um, I would get where you tell me, you know what, you're not gonna like Coheed and Cambria, because I could also see where okay, but that's not 18 million people. When you have millions upon millions liking a group, there's something I'll be able to tangibly take and be like, I like that. I get it now, because it's not insane 18 million people. There's no way that's what it is. You know, that's why I want to be like, like, I'm not a Green Day person, right? But I totally get, I wouldn't turn their songs off. I get why people like Green Day. I get why people like Nirvana. I get why people like Metallica. I get why people like certain groups. I want to get why people like, and I would tangibly get it. No question. If I heard it, I'd be like, ah, it may take a few songs, but I'd be like, oh, I may not like them like they do, but I get why people. I like think this that you group. would you would appreciate you would appreciate their musicianship. I think they're they're a, they're a huge guitar band. Let's just say that see, they've got I a would, great that's drummer. What I, that's what I would. That's why when you got me on the when you let me see Coheed and Cambria, I'm like, well, they could outplay most rock bands. Outplay, like the dude on the guitar could outplay a lot of people. Claudio and Sanchez. I'm, he could totally out. Which is why I'm like, you know, why aren't they more? Like he could outplay, especially while you're singing. As a band, they're better than most bands. I mean, they're better as a band than Foo Fighters. Musically, as a band, Coheed and Cambria is better. I would agree with you, yeah. So I gotta hear what makes that group, that's why I'd be able to say, oh, I get why Iron Maiden is Iron Maiden. And why this, I get what, what takes them, because they're not better musicians than everybody. There's something that people latched onto. So that's what I want to get. 
I agree with you with the level of musicianship with Coheed and Cambria, but again, it's kind of like apples to oranges if you're going to compare them to like the Foo Fighters. I will say this about the Foo Fighters and then we'll move on because I, 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 you know what? I'm enjoying, I'm talking rock and roll with my buddy Steve. This is a rarity, folks, a rarity. Music but, is my um, thing, Jay. Like, it I is. Yeah. But I love talking rock with you. It's just it's something that we don't often do um, to the point where I almost lost my train of thought, but here I'm back. I will tell you that the Foo Fighters, even though I love Iron Maiden and I, and I think they're, amazing live act like i said you go see one show you've kind of seen the whole show for the tour some people don't give a shit they'll go they'll i mean people come to america and they'll tour from like germany and they'll tour all the way across the country with them i mean i don't know where they make this kind of money to do those kind of things but they do it uh the foo fighters are bar none am i gonna say this yes i'm going to say this they are bar none the best live act i have ever seen holy crap I'm not joking, seriously, because they can come out. There's no Whoa. backdrops, although they had a great tour last tour. But here's the thing about the Foo Fighters. I don't necessarily like every single one of their songs. Okay. You know, I mean, I think they have they have 20 years of, of amazing hits that they can play. Love them or hate them. Mm-hmm. You cannot deny that they are just so goddamn good in concert. Dave Grohl, I'm going to give him most of the credit on that. Um, and also Taylor Hawkins, the drummer. They just have like chemistry with themselves on stage as well as with the crowd. They address the crowd. They include the crowd. They change their shows up constantly. You know, every night the set list is a little bit different. They'll come straight out and be like, oh, hey, you know what? We were supposed to play like two hours tonight, but we're just going to keep playing. And they mean it. We're just going to play until the cops tell us to stop. And they will play three hours, four hours. That's sometimes. really cool. You know, they're like the uh, the Dave Chappelle of rock and roll. <laughs> you, know yeah, what and, you know, And what worries me right now about the music industry is I wonder... Are we going to get another Foo Fighters? Are we going to get another Metallica, Iron Maiden? I mean, let's go to the other side. Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder. Are we going to get another? No, not even Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder. Let's change that. I got a better question. Um, live performances mine, Live performances are a big thing. Are we going to get another um, Grateful Dead slash Dave Matthews where people just go for the performance? They may not know the songs too much yet. But they just go see Dave Matthews because they know, oh, well, we're going to like him automatically. Do we have people that are going to go out and see something that they haven't heard on American Idol, that they haven't heard on the radio? That Because Dave Matthews doesn't have a ton of radio hits, but he still can fill Save Mart Center. You know, Grateful Dead didn't have radio hits except Touch of Grey. And, but they still were able to fill. Fish. Fish doesn't have radio hits, but they can slam pack save bar center if they wanted to or madison square garden is that a thing that's going to happen now i think it goes in waves but we're also at a different i'm by the way i'm impressed with your knowledge of rock and roll or even just that like i did not expect you to pull out a fish reference so good for oh. you steve <laughs> not, i'm not a fish fan yeah. but i'm impressed with your knowledge about yeah. um yeah, I think huh, it's really hard to say because I think that we're just in a different place right now. Okay. You know, when it came to, okay, for instance, going back to Iron Maiden or even Metallica for that matter, because, you know, I'm a little bit older. I remember when it would, there was a time where I would be waiting in line outside of the record store to buy and buy the album, not like waiting to hit download on iTunes at midnight. So there was anticipation with these things and they had, you know, they had these, these amazing album covers that were done. Now they had this, this artist by the name of Derek Riggs that did all of their work for Iron Maiden for a long time. And that was a part of the experience, getting the actual vinyl and the vinyl album, you know, and opening up the, the uh, help me out, the liner notes is what I was getting yes. at there. You know, reading the lyrics, seeing all the pictures, seeing the pictures from the tour, all of that. I really think that that helped people associate with bands a little bit better. 
in anticipation built things up like oh, that. Totally. But now we're just this we're the society of instant gratification. Well, see, if we I, want if we want to know about excuse me, I was going to say no, no, if no, you please. want to know about a band, all you got to go is to you know www blah 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 and there it is and you can read their bio you can do all that we didn't have that back then so we we built our affection up through like rock magazines and you know just all that kind of thing so it's a different type of a vibe now i don't know if we'll ever have another nirvana or another you know uh metallica like you're saying whatever you know it's just it's just uh it's a different time but i think that we could get back to it but the problem is is that there's a lot of downloading going on that probably shouldn't be and that keeps people that instant gratification thing pops back up well, again. You, and you don't, you and wonder. you don't necessarily, you don't necessarily work for it anymore. What were you about to say? No, you got to wonder though. Would downloading? I think instant downloading would have accelerated Dave Matthews' success. I think perhaps because remember they were giving out cassette tapes at colleges. Imagine if they were just able to download on the spot. I think that would have accelerated someone like Dave Matthews. It would have accelerated someone like Grateful Dead. It would have accelerated Fish. It would have just put him into the stratosphere earlier. Could I'm we, actually but, looking at this from a, I'm looking at this to answer to kind of in the same vein of what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm actually looking at it from kind of an old guy standpoint because, you know, I didn't take into consideration that a lot of these bands utilize Twitter. A lot of these bands utilize Instagram, yeah. Snapchat. That's kind of how they're communicating more so right now. Take for instance the band Twenty One Pilots. My daughter, yes. I love Twenty One yeah. Pilots, but my daughter, that's 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 her shit right there. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, she's one of the crazies. She actually, we sent her to um, Columbus, Ohio, their hometown, to see their shows and everything. So she's way into it. They have established that type of relationship with their fans. So I think by doing those type of things, that's where you're going to get that kind of a loyal fan base versus just putting out albums. Now it's just it's just different, is what I'm getting at. Which if that's is, making any sense. That is so interesting because, um, man, we're going into the rabbit hole. Um, I, I, I really, I just, I know we got to, I just want, like, if, if, if I had a choice, I would love, and mind you, this is just what you just said. You could just look up stuff on the internet. I would love to sit down with the, with the lead singer of Iron Maiden to just talk to him about how did you get your band, because he's the marketing director, according to the info, I would say, how did you get, A, who came up with the uh, the logo? Because that logo, I don't even like Iron Maiden, but if someone was like, hey, who is that? I'd be able to rattle it off because I know that face. I know the um, logo. The I'd very like, familiar font. Very familiar. And I would say, A, what made you, who came up with that? And B, how are you, how are you able to get over the hump of, there's a billion hard rockers from the 80s that are in a pool of, let's join up and do a summer jam with all of us together. You can't do that with Iron Maiden. How did you guys separate yourself from those guys? Because they could have easily become one of those dudes. They weren't, oh, they weren't out. But I think it's, I think as a marketing director, he would have a lot more information on, well, here's how we market ourselves differently. I mean, to our fans even marketed ourselves differently. You know, I would love to ask that of Metallica, even though they're still, I wouldn't, I don't know if they were a hair band, but I know that they stood out when I was young. They stood out aside from everyone else that all my friends were listening to. I would be able to tell a Metallica song away from everyone else. I'd be like, man, they sound different. You know what I'm saying? Now, mind you, they might not know because they're not the marketing directors. They wouldn't really know what they did, I imagine. They might just be like, oh, we just went out and played. 
Whereas the uh, guy from Iron Maiden would be like, oh, I know exactly what I did. I know exactly how we marketed ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I would want to know because I think there's some gems there that people aren't really plucking from. I mean, I'm sure he has interviews on YouTube about music. Has anyone interviewed him and been like, marketing, how did you do it? For bands right now, they need to know that. Be like, well, we were able to separate ourselves like this. This is how we separated ourselves. This is how we uh, we made ourselves uh, distinct from all the other hair bands. This is how we did it. I'd be very interested to hearing his, uh, I would literally just be wrapped in endless, you know, amazement and how, um, just from a marketing standpoint, how did they separate themselves from those people and not end up as a summer jam group? A summer, oh, all of us, Poison, bon, or not even Bon Jovi, Poison, what other hair bands, like they go on tour together. Motley Crue back yes. in the day. Iron Maiden yeah. doesn't need anybody touring with him. They will just, they will fill a place by themselves. That's hard to do, G. Let's put it this way. Iron Maiden tells bands, you're opening for us. Do you know what I'm saying? Like like bigger bands. And that's They've had massive, huge bands. Yes, exactly. See? So wouldn't you be interested in hearing how he did that? If he's the marketing director, he knows exactly how to market them, himself. Bruce Dickinson, the singer, actually just put out an autobiography called What Does This Button Do? Oh, and that's that interesting. Might, that might be, there might be some insight in there, you know? So, yes. hey, Steve, uh, you know, I apologize, my friend, but can we take a quick break? Yeah, go for it, bro. So, man, I didn't even mean to really, like, we're back, by the way. I didn't yeah. even, like, mean to take that, what I'm into, and just, like, steal, like, this big part of the show there. But apparently, we both want to talk some music. So, that's something that we could it's definitely happening. do on one of the other it's shows. Happening. Yeah, for sure. It might be next, for sure. It might be next week. We might have Expect to. Expect a five-hour show, because oh, I'm going to be off that day. <laughs> oh, dude. All right. So, I'm sorry. sorry. I didn't want to steal all the time. Let me just yeah. tell you real quick. Lastly, sir, lastly, I'm... Um, I have not picked it up, but I'm thinking of picking this up. Speaking of Metallica, my favorite album of theirs is Master of Puppets. I don't think that there's a better album. That's one of my all-time favorite albums, period. I'll just say that. They re-released this album. They remastered everything. But what the cool part about it is, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to go down the down the road again, <laughs> but <laughs> they, have an, they have an old bass player that died, and his name is Cliff Burton. They uh, released, I want to say it's like three or four different concerts in this box set. Mm-hmm. With him still playing with them off the Master of Puppets tour. Oh, cool! And there's just a, it's just a, if you're a Metallica fan, like this is kind of like a dream come true kind of a thing for mm-hmm. you know, for if especially if you're like a, a fan of the Puppets era and the other stuff is just kind of eh. like I wasn't a big, you know, Black Album Inner Sandman kind of a yeah. guy. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. never, I did not, I kind of like sort of wrote them off through the '90s, yeah. and I actually think that their newest album uh, is called Hardwired to Self Destruct. Not bad, but Puppets is where's that for me. Hey, they've had what three bass players? They have had three bass players. That's okay. right. They had Cliff Burton. They had Jason Newble? Newstead. There's yeah, also Newstead. some yeah. There's also some stuff with Jason Newstead, like interviews. They have a lot of interviews on there. Different. I mean, there's tons of. It's a big, big box set. Yeah. Uh, and then now they have a guy named by uh, Robert Trujillo, is Which his is name, who, who played really with good. suicidal yeah. tendencies yes. and infectious grooves and Ozzy and he, Osbourne. He produced an amazing documentary that I saw about Jaco Pastorius. About Jaco, yeah, I amazing. saw that. That was good. Amazing. I mean, it had me. I'm not going to be a punk. I like cried at the end. I even know Jaco was dead, but just seeing this amazing. So yeah, people. I mean. I'll tell you, man, that might be a good purchase. A hundred bucks isn't bad for your favorite band of all time, dude. I won't say they're my favorite band of all time. I will say that is one of my favorite albums. Of albums. All time. But he, they are one of your favorite bands of all time, right? Mm, 
the oh 80s Metallica was. The 80s Metallica was their first three. I'm one of those guys, and trust me, they're a Metallica. There's got to be a Metallica fan listening. I'm that dude that just likes puppets and backwards for me. That's yeah, my shit. Well, my friend, I told him, um, you know, he was going to try to get me into Metallica real quick. He's going to get give me Metallica, and he wouldn't no, even crash talk course. About, he wouldn't even talk about um, uh, the because I was like, oh, I like Inner Sandman. He's like, I hate that album. I was like, you hate the album that actually I started liking Metallica. He's like, I hate it. Hates every song on the album. He only likes the album before it, I think. Yeah, you know, I didn't give that one attention either. And Justice for All was actually, in my opinion, their last great Dang. album. Dang. Y'all so. are some cold. I think it's because of that whole, everybody likes them now. We're fair weather. No, that wasn't it, man. It was just a complete <laughs> different sound. See, we're going off. We're going to start talking rock okay, and roll okay, again. Anyway, yeah. let me tell you what I want. Okay, so. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. What are you into, Mr. All Hudson? Right. So this week I've watched, um, other than my normal everyday, you know, Stuff I watched uh, last night. I watched Happy Death Day. What did you think? Okay, here's the thing, man. Look, look. I liked it a lot, dude. Me too. I really liked that movie. <laughs> I liked it a lot, man. I thought it was a really fun movie, G. I caught that one a couple of weeks ago, man, and I, I was actually, I sort of knew what I was getting. You know what I mean? I knew what I was walking into. Essentially, it is like a. Um, Groundhog's Day with a with a with a murder pretty much mystery on it pretty there. much, but I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I would actually watch that again. Please proceed. I'm sorry. I, I just mean, I, I felt was, strongly about it. I I thought it was a such. I thought it was when I walked in. What and I think Blumhouse knows how to do this. For I mean, it, I mean, it made forty something million dollars on a four point eight million dollar budget, which is what they do. Um, uh, again, perfectly timed, by the way, for Halloween. Perfectly, man, and. The the main character named Tree, which is a random name, um, I thought that she did this amazing job of making me hate her. And then by the end, the same face that I hated, I dug at the end. Me too. She was so self-absorbed at the beginning, totally. which is exactly what they're going for. But you, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, oh, this is like the most worthless person ever. Totally. And normally at, by the end, you're like, it's a worthless person that may, that learned a lesson. But no, her whole aura changed. Like she was a different person. And I really dug how they did that, um, where it made her, hey, I'm doing the right things. Even though she continued to die, it didn't make her say, why am I even doing this? She's like, no, I want to be better. And it brought it, you know, there are reasons that they kind of go into, but I liked how it was a, instead of just killing, their goal is to avoid dying. Her goal was also to be like, I need to be a better person. Now, obviously, it's a total ripoff of Groundhog's Day. And just because you mention it doesn't take away that it's a total knockoff. Just because you mention it doesn't take it away. You can't just be like, isn't this Groundhog's Day? Yeah, it is. No, but it's still a knockoff. You can't. I'm surprised that the that the screenwriter didn't be like, someone didn't call the screenwriter and say, hey, man, this is close. Like, this is mighty close. I mean, if anything, it was close enough that maybe they should have gotten to give with um, inspired by events written by blah, blah, because it was that close. G. They even I had mean, the whole... Uh, Woohoo, that'll be a doozy part where that guy keeps on falling. Or even when she's like, you know, she's a, uh, okay, sprinklers, guy's going to fall. I mean, it's all the Dude, same, the same formula. But, for, but, but, but why same. did it work though? It worked. It worked because I was able to forgive it for that. Um, I was able to forgive it, but I would consider this reboot adjacent. 
I think uh, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting, you know, takeaway from like it's an interesting side thing from it, but a spin on it. But again, I the ending to this movie, I normally could kind of telegraph what's happening, but this ending, I was like, I did not see that coming. That's interesting. It was so. I thought it was really well done, man. I I really did. Glad you like that one, man. I, I folks, like check this one out. It was a. It's a very fun movie, and it's again, it's another way to just kind of. Well, I guess you don't really turn your brain off on this one, but it's a good way just to kick back and, and enjoy a fun ride. Totally. Um, the next thing I watched was uh, baby the babysitter, a movie on Netflix. Yes, Ag- indeedy. Again, uh, I'll give you the synopsis. This kid has a babysitter. Babysitter is like the coolest babysitter known to man. Like she can rattle off different sci-fi people. She could rattle off all these different names. They both are nerds. They both are into certain things. They they can uh, quote old Westerns together and stuff like that. And he thinks that she's, he's really bonding with this older, amazing babysitter. And later that night, things turn very dark. One of these nights, he she's watching him. And he sees her do something that is, well, the synopsis tells you it's a disgusting thing. And it's him trying to get out of this situation that puts him in danger. But it's a fun movie, ladies and gentlemen. Even though, you know, I don't want to, the only reason I'm being kind of, you know, vague is because I want you to actually see it. I think that synopsis gives too much away. I would have liked to be totally surprised. Yeah, much like Sea Oak. If you say, if you yes. say too much, you've already ruined it. But I thought it was a fun movie. There's a lot of there's a lot of jokes that literally made me laugh out loud. Like I don't really laugh at too many jokes. This kid, the main the 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 this young boy that puts the weight of the movie on his shoulders, squarely on his shoulders, did an amazing job. He's a star, I think. Would you agree or no? I think he's a star. I think he was great. I was actually just trying to find his name to give the kid some credit here. Do you happen to know his name? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know his name. But his, I mean, the kid was an absolute stud. And I thought that, um, you know, him being able to, I mean, the jokes were about, were on him. The lightheartedness were on him. When things turned dark, it was on him. Like everything kind of um, hinged on how good he could carry this movie. And he did a fantastic job. Robbie Amell's in this one from, uh, yes. you know, the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to find this kid's name. Oh, there he is. Judah Lewis is his name. He plays Cole. He did an amazing job. Yeah, he was great. Check this one out, too. I think we're, or we've, we've seen some oh, good King things Batch this week. Oh, King Batch is into it, too. <laughs> if, if for anybody that loves Vine, King Batch is in this movie. And if you know his Vines, you'll find it. He's King, he's that guy. King Batch is the guy that you see in his vines in this movie. He's very out there. The only thing I didn't like is he did the black thing. I don't like that. But he did a good job with what he was given. And his death was the... Oh, I kind of ruined it for... But you, look. <laughs> you know that what happens to him is the first thing where I was just like, this? No, it wasn't the first thing. But it was the thing that really alerted me to, oh, this is going to get ugly. It wasn't just a, ooh, there's one nasty thing that happens. No, 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 no. This whole thing is going to get. And so it's so 
unexpected. Check out the babysitter. You got. I think you ladies and gentlemen will definitely uh, appreciate um, the babysitter. And the last thing I'm going to talk about. This is the last thing I'm going to talk about. And this is something that you haven't seen, bro. Um, it's called The Killer. It's on Netflix. If you guys have a chance to watch The Killer on Netflix. Let me give you the synopsis. It doesn't actually ruin anything. Uh, the synopsis is, in lawless in the lawless badlands, reclusive Caballero sets out to discover the fate of his gunman father and grows to be a feared his assassin himself. This movie, G, this movie is... A hidden gem that everyone should check out. If you like gunslinger, assassin, western type movies, this is right up your alley. There's no question. And I love it's it's one of those that start off where it's um where it's uh have you heard the story of the blah blah? No. Well, <laughs> let me well sit down and let me tell you a story. And it goes into this story. But the twist at the end is so good. I mean, I really liked it. Um, there's these gunfights that are, you know how normally it'll show a first person view of a gun so you know that someone's about to get shot in the head? Like right. it just shows you the barrel and boom. No, it shows the person's head like the bullet entering, like you got to go and it puts the head from the side view, boom, and it shows the bullet hitting the head. It's just like, whoa, that is off-putting. But I think it it really definitely accentuates the violence of this movie. So if you have a chance, check out The Killer. Um, it's 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 an international movie, so there are subtitles. I, it's in Portuguese, but uh, the Portuguese language for me is very um, soothing. So I really like listening to it anyway. So make sure if it soothes you also, make sure you watch it while um, you're totally awake because it's a really smooth language. So um, check out. The Did, you fall asleep? Did you fall asleep watching I, oh, this movie? No, no, actually, I didn't. I just was really relaxed. It was really a good watch. I, you would love you would love this movie, Dan. I'll check it out. You're getting like a sonic massage, basically. Dude, you'll, you'll, you'll definitely love it. So uh, I've got some it. downtime tonight. I'll, I will check it out. I got downtime tonight. I will check. You this movie will love out. it. Uh, so that's it. And we are going to move in to a part that Dan loves. I love this part, too. But Dan really loves this segment. And it's the news of the week, Dan. What I you do love got? news. Man, you know me and news. You I got just a love lot it. of it. I, I just it, They're like, what does Dan like? And it's uh, you ask nine out of ten people, they're going to be like, news. He just loves news. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm like full of news. shit. I, I'm okay with news. Let's talk some news. Um, I got some exciting news on my end, Steve, because I know how much you enjoy Star Wars. So I thought I would bring this up first. I know how big of a Star Wars fan you are, and I thought I wanted to make you excited today. So let's it, go ahead and oh talk about that. Oh my goodness gracious. This is going to this is going to blow your mind. Ryan Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, mm -hmm. is set to direct. That's actually the next one that's coming out, Steve, just in case you weren't aware. Okay. Uh dropping in December. He is set to direct and also produce a mm -hmm. new Star Wars trilogy. Well, let me correct myself. He's actually set to direct the next, the first of the new trilogy, but then he's also going to, he's locked on to produce the fall, you know, the rest of the trilogy. That's and cool. what's, it's very cool. And what's going to be good about this one is it's stepping away from the Skywalker family and it's going to explore a whole other part of the, you know, the star Wars universe that hasn't been touched personally as a star Wars fan. I'm actually quite excited to see, you know, like something other than Luke Skywalker or, a cousin of Luke Skywalker, anything to do with Luke Skywalker, you know, God bless the man, but I'm just ready to see something else because I think that this universe needs that at this point. 
I think it's getting a little bit, you know, it's it's over. It's getting rehashed a little bit too much. As much as I like The Force Awakens, I was ready to see something else. I want to see how this story pans out, of course. And we have a whole, you know, another couple of years to go before we actually find that out. But I think yeah. that I'm I'm definitely ready to explore another part of the universe there. So very, very excited about that. Says Johnson is teaming up with Ram Bergman, his longtime collaborator, who mm-hmm. after producing the Johnson helmed Looper, you saw yes, Looper. I did. Loved it. I loved Looper, actually. I don't know if you liked that one. I, I liked, liked it a lot. And it's supposed to, I don't even know if they have like a set date yet because obviously they're still writing. But this intrigues the hell out of me and I can't wait to see it. Cannot wait, folks. December 15th, you're going to see some Last Jedi. And if I can have my druthers, I'm going to have Mr. Steve see this movie and we're going to talk about this movie. Oh, for so, sure. I, I think if you I, don't, if you don't, I'm actually prepared. <laughs> I am prepared for this okay. and uh, may have to bring in a third hero for this part here. Yeah, oh, sub-hero. snap. Let's do yeah. it. You know but what you I'm know, saying? The interesting thing is um, they're giving the they, they gave the helms to a fairly um, what one would be called an unseasoned director. He's only helmed about what, four or five movies he's did. I remember Brick. I remember Looper. Now, Brothers Bloom was great, you know, and I'm not going to count short films in like a long time ago or whatever, but major films, he's only helmed about three before he hit up um, uh, Rogue One, which is insanity, dude. That's crazy. They really gave it to an unseasoned director, and I love the fact that they did it because he has a different eye. He did a few television hits. I remember him doing a bottle episode of um, Breaking Bad, and that was really, those were really good episodes. However... Um, normally Star Wars is given to a director that has, oh, no, not normally. I would say nowadays you would expect them to give it to a blockbuster director because that's what they do. But I really appreciate that they gave it to this, uh, to Ryan Johnson. He really is, he's almost a man of the, I remember hearing him on different uh, podcasts. He's like a man of the people, like not a man of the people, but he's one of the folks that you saw grow up through movies. They're like, Oh my goodness. Now he's doing star Wars. I, I'm really excited about it. Hey I'll brother, just it a, for that, just a small correction, sir. It was actually yeah. Gareth Edwards that did rogue one. Ryan Johnson is set to do the next one. The last Jedi that's coming oh, out. In oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. I mean, uh, no yeah, problem, yeah, yeah. brother. Just, just wanted to set Thank the record you. straight. Thank and you. since I'm say, since I'm setting the record straight, if you don't mind me taking just a second here, I was schooled and I have to apologize about this. It's something that I said last week and I didn't even realize I'd said it, but my son was the one that actually corrected me on this here. We were doing our little debate about, you know, about, uh, Batman yes. versus Iron Man. Yes. I had mentioned just in haste that Batman was trained by the League of Shadows is what I said. It's actually the League of Assassins. So for those of you out there that I, you know, possibly had you throw your iPhone across the room at this idiot that's talking about it, I was aware of that, but I said it wrong. My son, you know, informed me, hey, dad, you're an ass. And so I'm just calling myself out. So there we go. We can proceed. Now, um, uh, anything else about that news, brother, that you want to hit on before we move on? There is a little more Star Wars news, but I'm going to go ahead and let, let you bounce one off of me now. All right. Well, I'm just going to talk about the fall of um, men in Hollywood, many men in Hollywood. Um, We don't even have to get into all of them, but I mean, the big ones are Kevin Spacey, um, Louis C.K. Those are the two main ones that have been taken down this week, which is insanity. Because look, with Louis C.K., they've already dropped him from HBO. Netflix put out a thing saying we are not going to give, we're not going to put out any more stuff, uh, uh, any more of his projects, which is out of this world. I mean, look, uh, there was a thing for a C.K. Uh, that they ordered ten episodes of a movie of a show called The Cops. 
It was initially developed by FX as an animated vehicle for C for CK and Albert Brooks. Come on, dude. It sounded like it would have been good. It has been suspended until further review. And obviously, here's the hard part with CK and Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, they're having to um they're scrambling to rewrite House of Cards. He's put this thing into a tailspin. And then the movie he's doing, they're gonna have to reshoot it with a different actor, which is costing them $10 million. Now, with CK, the hard thing um with that is he has Tignatara he you know he has Tignatara show. He ha- um uh he has another show, a movie called I Love You Daddy that was coming out that they're gonna have to now suspend that. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. You know what I'm saying? And um there's another show called, you know what, I don't have it in front of me, but there's another show on effects with Pamela Agden. And I forgot what it's called, but um, that she, I mean, these are, these are people that aren't on, that are, are, were just trying to get work done. And now there's, there's, there's actresses, actors, writers, so, you know, all these people are now kind of in limbo right now until they figure out what's going on with this situation with Louis C.K., not to mention uh, Kevin Spacey. House of Cards is just done. How do you rewrite something around the head, the lead actor? They got to kill him off. That's the only way, right? Well, that would take him coming in. They're gonna have to kill him off without him being on, um, without him being on the show. You know I wonder if they could get away. They would. Let me ask you: Do you think that they would be able to use old footage of him? In other words, something that they had on the on the. It's, it's too obvious. The cutting room floor. For us, it would be too obvious because we know what's happening. And by the way, um, a mistake, it's Pamela Adlon and the show is called Better Things. And uh, that's going to be, um, he's worked with her for years. And that's going to be, she already released a statement. That's going to be tough because just a, you know, that's a show that now is going to be in limbo unless he takes his name off of it. And his name is attached to a lot of these shows. But uh, getting back to what what, what you were saying, um, I think with, the cutting room floor, that's, I would say, why not just put a statement at the beginning of House of Cards? Be real. <laughs> like, look, we're going a different direction in light of these accusations. We are not, whatever. Or have someone say something in the beginning because we're not dumb. We know what's happening. Don't put random silly scenes that don't exist into the movie. Just, just be real and move forward. You can even move forward with House of Cards without him. We are okay. We are smart enough. We understand that it's not the real world. We're watching a show. Just move forward as if he didn't exist. Game over. We're smart enough. I mean, we got over it with Roseanne. Brand new daughter. We just kept watching. They're back. You know, you know, they're going to be doing, sorry to talk about that, but I read they're they're redoing Roseanne or not redoing it, but they're bringing it back. But didn't, now I wasn't like this total John, you know, excuse me, uh, Roseanne, Watcher, I didn't watch it all the yeah. time. But didn't John Goodman's character die? I don't know. I didn't watch the last part. I'm pretty sure John Goodman's character, the, as the father, he died. But so, I don't, but I don't think but he's, he's back. Return. Oh, is he really? No, he's back. I saw a picture of him around the table. Yeah, you know when they're doing the the first. Oh, read. but he's a and she's a crazy person. Like she's she's her views are so insanity. I don't. It's gonna affect me watching her. I don't really think I'm gonna watch that to be honest with you. But it's just chance. something that stuck in my head when you yeah. when you talked about that there. But so yeah, the fall of knucklehead dudes can't happen quick enough or enough. So more power to everybody that's calling him out. 
Um, how do you get what, that much work done? How does Louis C.K. get that much work done when you jerk off like that? Like, does he just rub one out, <laughs> then go 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 film something, come back, start rubbing it out again? Or I mean, this man is the jerk off master, apparently. Here's what so. I'm thinking. Here's my thing. How? What kind of person do you have to be to just have people underneath you and and taking advantage of you? We're taking advantage of a person like that. I mean, and they've been saying it for years, man. They've been talking about Louis C.K. for years. And then Dave Becky, his manager, apparently has threatened women and told them, you better not say anything. I didn't so know. He, yeah, I had Dave, no idea Hollywood was this ugly. I mean, I it had. It ugly. Well, I, had I mean, an, look at Marilyn an understanding. Monroe. But yeah, no, no. I mean, I had yeah. an understanding. But to, to, to see it all fully getting exposed week after week. Like mm-hmm. when we first did this topic, like on the first show. Yeah. I didn't necessarily think it was a done deal. But I had no idea... Like, I almost wish we would have waited. Do you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. If there was a way we could have known that, because there's just so much. I mean, you got George Takei now. Yeah. There's another one. Yeah. I mean, Although that, I, that's why I'm going. Here's the, the only reason I kept it to two today is because I might just hold off until all the dominoes fall. And there's going to be a lot be a of dominoes. When we, when we see the showrunner of Supergirl, showrunner of Flash, now you got to wonder what is happening behind the scenes, bro, on those CW shows. What's the showrunner of Flash's name? It's it's escaping me at the moment. Andrew is it Kreisberg, K is K R, Kreisberg, something like that. He's the part time showrunner to Flash and Supergirl, atop more distant producing to um, credits on Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. That takes down a lot of stuff, dude. I just think he looks like Jared the Sandwich Guy from Subway. Oh, <laughs> I really do. He totally looks like Jared the Subway guy. Oh, dear Lord. Let's see. What else do we have? Hey, so have you heard about this Disney streaming service that's going to be coming out? Okay. I couldn't wait to talk about this. Please go Ooh. forward. Well, you know what? If you know what's been happening over the last week, then you know why I'm talking about this here. And it's be more Star Wars news, Steve. Disney is developing. Hold on, maybe a... I got to go put cucumbers over my eyes and a towel and go to the other room and kind of chill out. While you, you want a pillow or something yes, like that? Please go ahead. I'll, I'll make it quick, sir. I'll make no, it I'm quick. <laughs> I can't talk about Star Wars enough. I'm sure. I mean, I can tell. I, you, you know, <laughs> did you dress like Lando Calrissian for Halloween? Because everyone knows exactly who that is. I know who that is. I mean, you know on. who it is. Of That's why I gave I it to do. you, man. That's why of I gave you that reference. I don't know. If I would have said is. anything else, you would have been like, what the hell? I don't know who that so, is. Seriously? Nah. Is it? Is it Billy D? Yeah. See, you knew. Oh. You knew. Even if you didn't know, you knew. That's why I, I gave knew that. that it had to be. You're not going to say Han Solo. Why not? You trying to say I'm racist? I, I haven't said a word. I know. I'm just playing. Except I've said <laughs> everything I needed to say. Dan just exposed Y'all himself. see me out there. Exactly. Y'all me? <laughs> Everybody caught I'm that sorry. dog whistle. Yo, Steve, you know I love you, man. You know how it is. <laughs> Nothing but love coming from me. <laughs> I got it. Oh, I can't even talk about it. Go ahead. You sure? No, I can't because it it it's, it goes into a whole different. Uh, t- don't worry about it. Go ahead. Fair enough. All right. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to make this one quick. Basically, uh-huh. they're developing a Star Wars series, which has been talked about for a long time, a live action Star Wars series. Again, hopefully it's going to be not related to the Skywalker family. Uh, I think this is going to be great. Should be developing. I believe that the Disney streaming service is going to start in 2019. So they've got some time to work with this here. They're also working on another unannounced uh, yet Marvel series. 
So that can go either way. You yeah. know, I know you're not a big fan of the Marvel series, but, um, you know, I am. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm DC, but I'm a Marvel ta- movie person and a Marvel. Right. But if we're, person. but if we're talking like, say, you know, the ones that are on Netflix, you haven't really subscribed to them and you haven't no. really caught, bought, bought into it yet. So no. that's what I was getting at. And they're also doing a Pixar series too, which you can, I can't get enough Pixar. So I'm a kid at heart. I love that oh, stuff. You like Pixar? Pixar? Yeah, of course, oh, man. I didn't know that. All the Toy Stories, all that. Yeah. Really? Man, that's, oh, for sure. Absolutely. That's interesting. But anyway, yeah, that's it. I'm going to keep that one short and sweet. Moving on to you, sir. Uh, so we have um, Ellen Page put out a really cool Facebook post regarding what Brett Ratner said to her. I won't even go into detail. It's just gross. You know, on the set of, uh, was it X-Men? Um, I believe so. Yeah. X2, and, maybe? Yeah, it's just gross. And Anna Paquin co-signed and said, I was there when she, when he said it. I remember her him saying this. Um, but the great news is that she has been tapped to helm a new show on Netflix that's been announced um, called The Umbrella Academy. And it's written by, and you know this person. Yes, I do. Actually, that's pretty cool you brought that up. Yeah. Dr- yeah. Tell him about it. Yes, please. The Umbrella Academy is a comic series that's written by a guy named Gerard Way. We're talking a lot of music today. I like that. He's the former singer of the now defunct band um, My Chemical Romance. I was going to say The Black Parade, which is one of their albums. I'm actually looking forward to this. I've been meaning to read that. It's been out for quite a while, and I just I haven't read it, you know. But I'm a huge fan of Gerard Way. I support anything he does. I just haven't had a chance to really get to this one yet. So I like Ellen Page a lot. I mean, I think that girl can act her ass off. Oh, dude. I think, like, even the uh, synopsis quote, it says, quote, Page will take the role of Vanya, the black black sheep of her dysfunctional family. She's the only one of Reginald Hardgreave's adopted children with no supernatural abilities. A meek and insecure wallflower, Vanya struggles to find her place in the world. I think that, and he says... Quote, the series follows estranged members of a dysfunctional family of superheroes, the uh, including the Monocle, Space Boy, the Kraken, the Rumor, the Seance, Number Fives, the Horror, and the White Violin. I really am, unquote, I really am looking for that synopsis. I had no idea what the Umbrella Academy was. The reason I picked this article is because when I read the synopsis, I was like, based on that alone, I'm watching. Because that sounds very interesting, where she has no abilities at all, randomly. I really want to know how they actually work that out. Because normally they're going to pick the star to be one of the supernatural people. She's not, or one of the metahumans, I guess. But she's not that. I find that endlessly interesting, and I can't wait to see it. It's it's scheduled for, um, they said they has ordered 10 episodes. Amazon, please take note. Did you hear that, Amazon? Netflix has ordered 10 episodes of the new series. They didn't do Netflix has ordered a pilot and just seen how people are going to like it. Amazon, take note. Do you think that they're going to continue to do this or do you think they're going to get hipped and be like, you know, we like what you're saying. Oh, we could actually just do this. They should. Or do you think it's going to just be this, this drawn be this. out process? It's so frustrating to me. I man. know, dude. I think it's going to be this dog. Jeff Bezos is a stubborn individual. And I think once he gets a thing in his brain, this is what's going to be. He doesn't want to do the net. I think he wants to separate himself from Netflix. So he's just not going to do it. And I think he might see it as a waste of money. Maybe, you know, because Netflix is never going to turn a profit. They have they've gone past that. Netflix has understood that profits is never going to happen for them. So they're just going to put billions of dollars into good programming, buy a bunch of properties and call it a day. 
Amazon, on the other hand, I think he's worried about the, um, you know, the bottom line. And I think one, you know, teasing out these shows, but it's always going to put him as the number two streaming service forever then forever. That's just what's going to happen. And if Bezos is okay with that, great. Better get with the program, Bezos. You dang skippy. So um, what what else you got, brother? What other news you got for us? Well, speaking of Amazon, and this is right up our alley, Steve. And it was announced a little bit before, but I believe it was just a you know a, a treatment or a, a pilot they were ordering because you know how Amazon does. Ugh. But this kind of actually goes with what we're saying here. Uh, Amazon has green lighted superhero drama The Boys, written by Garth Ennis, to series with an eight episode order. So I think you just got your wish right there, bro. Ugh. Thanks, Mister Bezos. Uh, eight. <laughs> eight. Eight. Yeah, I know it's nearly not nearly enough. <laughs> As we both know. Come on, G. Come on, dog. Based on the comic book by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, it was created by Supernatural creator and Timeless co-creator Eric Kripke. And will direct, excuse me, and will be directed. behind it? He certainly is, sir. He is. Does that excite you? I'm I'm a Supernatural fan. So, yes. I didn't know Kripke was behind it. Oh, it's over. It's over, And I know that you're aware... I know you're aware that it's also being, uh, it's going to be directed by the, as they're putting it, the preacher duo of Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. I know how that might make you feel right off the bat because I can hear it in your breathing. Um, but let me ask you something. Do you think that they have, hmm, how can I put this? Do you think that Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen have learned a few things since tapping into Preacher? I'm optimistic about this only because what you just said, it changed the whole game. They picked Eric, they picked Eric Kripke. And the reason they picked him is because they saw how supernatural is. You can watch it and watch it and watch it. And it never gets old because they're able to, uh, they never run out of ghosts to create situations to create. Um, And imagine if he didn't have to create a situation Someone already has the situation for him. All he has to do is make that dope that dope situation just better. It doesn't matter who now who directs it. It doesn't matter. They they just are gonna pick a decent director, and you have a good person in Kripke. If you just let him run, I guarantee this show is gonna be awesome. Now, one thing I, I hope Kripke understands is that he's not on CW. So you can now do whatever the crap you want to do. That's the main thing. I just want him to I want him to actually take off, you know, just let the wings fly and have a ball. Make it that first book of The Boys, you have to make it as graphic as the um book. You have to make the show as graphic because that gives you a starting point of why The Boys exist. That first book Shows it's you, necessary. Oh, it's necessary to be like, oh, these guys have got to exist in this world. So I'm, I'm excited, man. So I'm going to put this out there right now, Steve, because uh, I've been, we've talked about this name before, and you know, granted, we don't have all the time in the world, but if this show does what I hope it's going to do, I think we need to do a podcast about it. And you know what I think we should call it? So I'm going to put it out there so no one takes this name. <laughs> Your boys, here it is. You ready? Go for it. Your boys on the boys. Oh, come on. That's that's awesome. 
Well, you that's think awesome. that's what I it is. It. That's what it is. Don't take it, anyone. You take it. I have recording now. So yeah, I think it's not kinda, yours. I don't. I don't. I think they can still take the URL. But I mean, I appreciate you putting it out there. So at least we can say we thought of it. Well, first. It, but they'll know what they did, Steve. They'll know what they did. And they're gonna live with that for the rest of their life. Oh, totally. So if their if their if their thing grows to be two million, three million plus listeners a month, they will always feel bad about taking it from you, Dan. Why you gotta step on my dreams? <laughs> Why you gotta burst my totally bubbles? Totally feel bad. Be like, we really shouldn't take this check because Dan did say we told you. You're right. <laughs> you know what, man? Good night, that, everyone. That we'll see you later. We'll see you next week. Right idea. You did the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> there is such a thing as editing, Steve, but I'm not. I'm Jeez going to. I'm going to roll the dice. I'm, hey man, I don't get paid to do this shit. I'm, I'm learning as I go. All right. Did everyone, did everyone hear this? Okay, it's locked in. <laughs> I'm an amateur, folks. What can I say? I think it shows. But anyway, All right. you know. Here's hey, my real movie quick, script really, really, idea. <laughs> I got the secret. Don't tell anybody, all right? Don't tell anybody. Since you all heard it, it's It's safe. just between us and the wall, all right? All right. Don't let it get out of your headphones. Good, hey, man, man. getting, getting back funny. to it really quickly here, yeah. I just want to tell you something. Because I think we should have uh, flipped these stories around. Regarding the boys, it's saying that it is part of Amazon's recent shift towards more straight-to-series orders and fewer pilots. Ooh. So they're working on it. They're oh, working. I didn't know that. Well, that's interesting. Okay, that gives me. You don't know now. Now you know. I was waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but seriously, don't take my idea. Don't take my idea, people, please. Do you understand how good of an idea, uh, 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 that how good a news that is for Amazon to be like, we get it. I didn't think they'd get it. I thought Jeff Bezos would be like, skip you. I guess he gets it. Money talks and bullshit walks, my friend. That's true. Hey, lastly, lastly, the series is slated to begin filming in the spring of 2018 for a 2019 release. This information was taken from Deadline.com to give credit where credit is due. Wait a minute. Then when is Preacher being shot? Preacher's being shot in January for a June release. That sure is quick. That's how are they? It's going to be shot and edited in four or five months. Well, you know what? These are all like tentative dates. And then they automatically go. It makes me wonder, where is Evan and Seth putting their their muscle behind? Where's their heart? Yeah. Do you think we're just getting three seasons of Preacher? Totally. I kind of do, too. You know, but and maybe that's and maybe they kind of do. And maybe that's why they're working on this here. I'm so pumped for it. You know, I'm not going to sit and bash Preacher. Oh, no, no, Um, no, no, no. no. I think I think they're doing the UK model because you know how like like Luther or The Office or, you know, things like that. Um, Ricky Gervais is like Ricky Gervais's Gervais's is it Gervais's? Anyway, his properties normally go Gervais. to, but I'm saying that belong to him. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Hit the possessive. Um, I think he like he does two season three series or, you know, or what they call series like two series, three series, Luther, two series, three series. They don't go into eight, nine, ten. So maybe they're doing the whole let's do three and done. Two and done. And it might be smart because it leaves you wanting more. I could still watch Ricky Gervais. I still like watching it because I know that it's only going to be like extras is a great show, but it's three or four seasons, three seasons, I think, and a special. So maybe they're going to maybe that's where they're getting this idea, because normally you get more than uh, three seasons of a thing. But maybe because even Better Call Saul, do you see that going six seasons? 
I mean, that's a long time. You know what I mean? That's you a have very to long meet time. up with Be- Breaking Bad at some point. Right. That's what I'm getting. That's a very yeah. long time to keep running the show. Exactly. So, so I, no, I don't think so. I really okay. don't think it would go that far. I, so I think they're doing, that might be a thing AMC is doing. Because if you're, hypothetically, let's just say you're losing a little bit of money. Losing a little bit of money over three seasons isn't a, I mean, because you also could make money on the Netflix side. So it might be profitable. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. All right. So, brother, I know you're a Deadpool fan. I am a Deadpool fan, Steve. So he is on the cover of a magazine. Would you like to guess what magazine this is? I assume that it's not Hustler. You're going to be a good assumption. (laughs) Uh, Why don't you go ahead and tell me? Good housekeeping. Nice. He is the guest editor of Good. Let me tell you why. So, quote, this is from, this is, uh, I'm sorry, this is from the editor-in-chief of Good Housekeeping, Jane Francisco. She says, quote, Deadpool's persistence to be in Good Housekeeping was impressive. Initially, we had no idea who he was, let alone that he was a fan of the magazine. But after repeated attempts to ignore his passion, we came to compromise. He could appear in one issue if he promised to stop leaving care packages at our editor's homes and agreed to maintain a 50-foot distance from the good housekeeping offices and our staff. Gee, (laughs) good housekeeping is in on the joke, bro. And I'm loving this. I'm, because they they could risk losing, like losing readers, Gee. (laughs) He's on the cover. Was this like an idea of Ryan Reynolds to do this? They don't say. They just said, I guess it was a, uh, a thing where they both decided to. Do, I, I'm assuming that um, if they're smart and I'm giving good housekeeping the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to assume that they realize that they don't want to be a Fox News where your average you know, watcher is 70 years old. You want to be like, OK, look, we have to get people in their 20s and 30s. If we're going to continue this magazine. We need to have readers that are younger, which is obvious. And so they said, well, this was not only a, you know, this wasn't a, like a, um, a, a casual, gradual shift. This is a 90 degree turn. Like they did this all of a sudden. And it's great because uh, it says speaking about his guest editing gig, quote, Deadpool says, quote, After years of weekly emails and countless carrier pigeons, good housekeeping finally returned my calls. And while it's a dream come true, apparently we have vastly different opinions on the definition of holiday spread. (laughs) That's pretty risque for them, man. Now, obviously, I'm not, I I don't read good housekeeping. You know, I don't read that. But but that's pretty amazing that they're doing something like that. And it's definitely going to keep them for at least that issue out of the back of the bin at the dentist office. Dude. Dude, I can't believe that's happening. Holiday it doesn't spread. seem real. I love it. I because I I looked at it. And I'm like, oh, this is fake. And they kept on reiterating in the article. No, no, no. This is a very real thing that's happening. And Did you tell me when that one's one. coming out? The uh, holiday one. So it's, it's coming out real yeah. soon. That's is it not insane? I love it. I think it's great. I'll actually probably I'll probably be the only good housekeeping magazine I ever pick up. I'll be honest with you. Will it though? Are I don't know. Hiding, maybe I'll start picking them up regularly your, after that. That's what I'm saying. I think you're hiding your. I've seen your iPad. I see what magazines I mean, you're <laughs> you're into. You know, I, I do love to keep house, so it's possible that I might just find myself in a whole new like a uh, obsession. You know, what you're I mean? the maybe only I'll be, man I've ever heard say keep house. 
Well, I never say keep house. I was just I going with housekeeping. I don't know. Dude, you're freaking me out here, bro. I'll be like, Steve, hold up, man. I got to go keep house real quick. I'll be right back. I do like keeping house. I like cleaning up. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Free freaking Mary Poppins over here. I don't use vacuums. I just... I just scare the dirt out of the carpet, <laughs> goddammit. Like Chuck Norris would. <laughs> Do you sing to birds on your wind, on your windowsill? What did you say? I said, Do you sing to birds on your windowsill? Like ha 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 ha. Yeah, I do that shit. <laughs> sometimes I just open up my I sometimes I just open up my windows and like deer and shit like just come up to me. Hello there, little woodland I friend. Know. And I know your kids are like, Mom, he's doing it again. Yeah, we almost got divorced over that back in uh, 2010, but she's over it now, so we're She's good. over it now. Cool, cool. Yeah, because the, the deers and the birds and everything were shitting all over the porch, so she was not down with that. Good I was thing busy. she has a man that keeps up. house. So well, now I do. That's why I'm keeping house now. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's okay. It's all coming full circle is what I'm getting at. I only have two more stories, and both of these are only reviews, okay? Go for it. Keep. Are you looking forward to seeing Big Daddy 2? Or, oh, I'm sorry, Daddy's Home too. Not at all, not at all. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Because I don't want to ruin things for I'm you. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that I'm not looking forward I'm to gonna read. I'm going to read just a few of my favorite terrible reviews of this. Go movie. for it. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay, so, number one. <laughs> After enduring last week's lousy and lazy A Bad Mom's Christmas, I would have bet it would be many a year before we'd see another holiday comedy more sour and cynical and profoundly unfunny. I sit corrected. <laughs> Jesus, dude. To the point. Jesus, dude. To the point. Right to the point. This one is... A bit more harsh. A vacuous and generally indifferent effort that lacks even the watered down spark and inspiration of its ho-hum 2015 original story. Sorry, Sofia Coppola. This seasonal comedy sequel is a fruitless, frustrating nothing burger of tired, dysfunctional family tropes and conservative-minded family values. Seemingly made to push the bottom line more than for any creative incentive, Returning to co-writer San Andres produces a wonderless, unimaginative humbug of a company or comedy. One that comes with all the appeal of slushy snow and goes down about as smooth as spoiled eggnog. Oh, damn. Gee, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm like, the only reason I'm reading these is because like, are these not abnormally harsh? They're, they're poetic, brutal reviews. And I have an idea of why that is. What's that? People aren't buying Mel Gibson, G. That's the only reason I want to read this. Mel, no. To everyone that is is giving him a second shot, people aren't hearing it, G. As soon as they see his face, his jokes just don't come off as cutesy as they used to. It just doesn't. It's over, Johnny. We know what he... It's over. All right, now, the other... The one more is... Are you looking forward to the Justice League? If so, I have some good news for you. You know, I am looking forward to it. I'm not exactly sure we're going to get something better than Thor Ragnarok, but I'm looking forward to it for sure. Well, let me read for you a few of these, because we have critics that which we want to be very soon. We want to get to these early screenings, but people have seen it. They've actually seen this movie, and um, they have a few uh, opinions on it. So didn't the embargo lift on that one? Is that why you're able to give these stories? No, they can only say tidbits. They can't give a full review. 
They can't give a few a full review. They're still under embargo. And the movie's out this week, right? On the seventeenth, I believe. Yes. So it's going to be happening in the next few days. Totally. Gotcha. 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 Go ahead, sir. So, uh, Sci-Fi Wire says, "So I saw Justice League twice. Still under embargo, but this is a fun superhero flick. Funny, but still hero adventure. Reminds me of um, Justice League Unlimited app. Likeable interaction amongst recognizable heroes. There is a villain problem. No worse than Marvel's." Hmm. That's not bad. Not too bad. Um, Connor, uh, Connor, I can't even say his name. Swedgefeger said, Justice League is clunky and uneven as hell, but it also gets the characters right and has a lot of fun along the way. When it's over, DC's vision for these heroes going forward will make sense. It's a very small but very vital step forward. Not bad at all. It's better than yeah. a shit sandwich and or something like that. It's not bad, exactly. Or nothing and the burger. the last two I'm going to read... The nothing burger. The last two I'm going to read is one from Josh Dickey. He says, nothing could save Justice League from its loud, ugly, tacky self. Not Wonder Woman, not Wide-Eyed Ezra Miller, not Joss Whedon's quippy teardown and rebuild. And here at Henry Cavill's mustache is an unusual issue. They gave him uncanny valley face. Oof, guys, it's a rough ride. Hmm. See, that sounds... <laughs> but that sounds super honest. That one sounds... That is the one I was waiting to see if you were going to. I wanted to give you a bunch of good ones. And I was like, I bet you Dan is going to be like, that seems like it's more right down the this. Because when you have to CGI someone's mustache off. That's a lot, dude. So I was going to. okay, when you said the mustache thing. So he has a mustache that they CGI'd Mm -hmm. off. Yes. So was he as the mustache for another movie or something like that? Because it seems to yes, me he, 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 like you could just put a fake mustache on. No, he was. Um, he was. They, it was over. The shooting was over. He had to come in for oh reshoots. for reshoots. Gotcha. He did. Yeah, and I know that for Mission Impossible, he's in the new Mission Impossible, and he has a mustache in that movie. So I'm assuming it's for shooting Mission Impossible. Understood. Okay. Okay. And so the last one is from Peter Serretta. I like slash film, um, but he says, and normally Peter Serretta. From slash film is very nice, he like he he likes everything. So this is a sh- and 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 again he likes this. But j- quote Justice League is better than expected, but not a home run. The interaction between the team is a lot of fun. The film sends the DCEU in a hopeful direction in line with where the brand should be headed. Flash and Aquaman still the show. Cyborg and villain are the weak links. That's it, dude. What do you think after all those uh, reviews? What do you what What is your baseline? I'm still looking forward to seeing the movie just because I like to make my own decisions about these things. Mm-hmm. But okay, just just by going off of the trailer alone, I'm not into the color schemes. I know that sounds lame, but I'm not. It's just too. It's not even the color scheme, Steve. It's more of just it just looks like it's 100% CGI to me. It is. It, and Cyborg still looks bad. And Cyborg looks terrible. I'm hoping. So does Iron Man. What kind of astronaut suit is he wearing? Why are you hating on Iron Man again, man? I mean, not Iron Man. I'm sorry, Flash. Why? What kind of what kind of astronaut suit is Flash wearing? Like, why? You know, I keep going back and forth on that one. There, I I think that I'm hoping. Well, I have no idea actually, but I, I I'm actually hoping that Ezra Miller is going to be the one that steals the show. You know, we've seen we've seen Gal Gadot do her thing. We've seen Ben Affleck do his thing. Uh, I know you're a Momoa guy, and you wanted that to really happen. It's the dude right there, bro. But I'm thinking that Ezra Miller's going to steal it. And getting back to the suit, for some weird reason, it's kind of growing on me. I don't know why. Really? Yeah, I mean, no. I, I give me Barry Allen from CW 
that's who should have been in the movie. That's just my opinion. And it's always, it's never going to change. But if we're dealing with Ezra Miller and we're dealing with a different flash at first, when I saw the suit, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing that I've ever seen, but it's somehow growing on me. And I am thinking that if the acting is strong enough and the character, you know, comes out enough, I don't think I'm going to be paying that much attention to it. And, and then also what can the, what can the suit do? You know, That's maybe true. they're going to do something but, with the suit that just makes it like, oh, I get it now. I understand why the suit looks this way. I, I hope so. But I think the, the big thing about Flash, you know, that is it's because he doesn't really need his suit to do anything except stop it from disintegrating. Like he doesn't really need it for except for um, uh, disguising himself. And it's a suit that won't disintegrate at the speed he's going. Well, if we're talking about CW, Cisco's got a lot of things built into that suit. Exactly, but there's nothing. When does he use that? Really, he only used it against uh, what a Reverse Flash. He used a few things, and one of the things it actually worked against him because they were able to use the electricity against him. And he's like, disable all of this. We'll see. I, I'm I am very curious I'm, to see what I'm comes up. For it. I'm going to see it. I can't wait to see it. But um, I will see it next weekend for sure. I thought this would be a good lead up to what we're talking about here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jason Momoa. Just teased. Now, you know that he's working on a, uh, he's involved with a, um, the Crow reboot. Yes. So he just put out a picture recently on, I believe it was on Instagram, teasing like that it might be starting the production now. It was a, what do you want to call it? Like a concept art of what he could possibly look like. Kind of blurry. I, I wouldn't, you know, I went there thinking it was going to be something where I'd be like, oh, that's going to look pretty cool. It's, if you can picture the crow in your head, that's what you're picturing. You know what I mean? It's very, very similar. Kind of a, a sketch that that's drawn. But yeah, he started, um, He's he's getting excited about this one now, you know what I mean? So this is going to be the one that I think he's going to start tackling and promoting after all this Justice League business is done. Wow. What do you think about that? Well, Steve, I'm glad you asked because I think that is a perfect time to bring up the subject of the week on the Heroes of Noise. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's do this, Steve. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second part of the show here. Uh, we got about another... I don't know, no, no, 2030 with you. So, Steve, I wanted to talk about, is Hollywood out of ideas? Because so many reboots are coming out and so many rehashed ideas. Are reboots Hollywood's solution? Are they putting a Band-Aid on things or are they stitching this bitch up? What are your thoughts on Hollywood's state of affairs? And, you know, are we out of ideas? All right. Um, here's my thought. That's a very good question, as a matter of fact. And I've been I've been pondering this for a little while. Um, I'm going to go in an interesting direction and say that Hollywood never had good ideas. It was always the people, always us, that had great ideas. It was always people that walked into those offices with amazing ideas. It was Spielberg with amazing ideas. It was, it was um, you know, uh, 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 Coppola with great ideas. It was Spike Lee with great ideas. It was people like that with these brand new ideas that came in uh, wanting to do something brand new problem is now Hollywood is a blockbuster society. So now they only want blockbusters and Hollywood wants blockbuster ideas. And what's better for a blockbuster idea than to rely on another blockbuster, a surefire blockbuster. They decided that instead of making good movies, they want to make good money instead of, instead of actually making something that lasts a long time, they wanted something that would be like, Hey, money to burn. Let's put more money. Let's, we got to make more money. Got to make more money. Some of that are these amazing um, producers or a director's fault. You know what I'm saying? Totally. If it wasn't if it wasn't for Star Wars, 
the blockbuster wouldn't be now. If it wasn't for Jaws, a blockbuster wouldn't be a thing. They didn't know that could happen until Jaws and Star Wars. They didn't know something like that can happen. So if someone sees, instead of making $400,000 a day, we can make $1 million, $2 million in a day, and people would literally line up around the corner, now Hollywood is thinking, how can we duplicate that? I know, let's make more Star Wars and more Jawses. Let's just keep on doing that. Well, Friday the 13th is really scary. Well, how can we do that again? What if we made 13 of them? Bingo! What if we just made a bunch of those? They're like, okay, well, let's make Exorcist. Okay, let's do that. Oh, but you know what? We won't have the original group that put it together. So what? Just let's stamp Exorcist 2 on it. People will come to see it. They did, and it sucked. But they're like, all right, well, they didn't learn their lesson. They just, and we, they didn't, Hollywood never had the good ideas. They just won't, they just, the people that need to be in those offices can't get past the security gate. They're not looking in the right places. When you let people in, people make, look at Shonda Rhimes, Grey's Anatomy, How to Get Away with Murder. You know, she made Thursday her own because she got past the front door into uh you know the office when you when you look at these people that you know literally work themselves up work their way up through the hollywood system and made movies look at ryan johnson he's about to make a freaking good movie a star wars movie they saw almost almost like oh maybe they got it but then you got to realize nope it's a part of another universe they still haven't learned that we'll let them make something new what's the last look at happy death day what what we were just talking about. I mean, why? I mean, you're right. It's been done before. It was good. It was good. But literally, it is such a specific premise that you know you've seen it before. Why would you reach to that premise that's so specifically Groundhog Day? Oh, I live the same day every day. That is such a specific premise. <laughs> I mean, you know where you got that from. So even uh, something that I thought, oh, that's a cool idea, is still a grab. The only, I mean, the only thing we have that's not really a reboot are a lot of the Blumhouse films, no reboot, a lot of the independent films, but Hollywood en masse, it's over, man. I don't think we're going to get a resurgence of original ideas because Hollywood ain't got them. That's my my take. Seems to me like, well, I'm, I'm right along with you there, but it seems to me like the way that that could be remedied is by getting new blood into those offices. Totally. Past those security totally. gates. So that way you can have new, inventive, hungry people that have these ideas that they want to do, you know? Um, totally. I mean, because, I mean, you know, you like to give me a lot of shit in, in, a, in a fun way about Star Wars and things like that. But even when it comes to that, I'm at the point now when Disney bought that and I'm still feeling that way. It's like, okay, this is going to last for a while and this could be very, very cool. You know, you've, you've, Mm -hmm. you've, um, you've managed to hook me in because you grabbed onto a franchise that I can, that I have love for. But at some Mm -hmm. point I'm going to be like enough's enough. I just will. There's no freaking way that you're going to be able to make blockbuster after. Well, okay. Let me, let me explain that. Let me, let me rephrase that because you put star Wars on it. It's going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. We know this. Totally. But yes. is the quality going to be there? And That's is it going the to encompass what 
Star Wars is about, I guess you could say. You know what I mean? Is it good? Because, you know, it's a whole it's a whole different time now and we have a whole different bunch of kids that are growing up with this thing. So I know that that's probably what they're working at. Well, we can just do what we did with all of you middle-aged guys to all these kids now and hopefully just keep it running, running. But to me, you know, Star Wars was a love project for George Lucas and he finished it out, you know, and he also, in my opinion, crashed it into the ground with the prequels. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it's his. But it's his. He can do what he wants. Exactly. Yeah, it's his, totally you know, do. and he did it out of his love. So mm-hmm. now we just have a bunch of people that are coming in. You know, I mean, you got your J.J. Abrams who grew up in that. You know, it seems like they're taking directors from that are our age that grew up on Star Wars and they're trying to hopefully recapture the magic that way, too. But a fact is still a fact. And that is, is that at one point it's going to be too much. They're going to hit a brick wall eventually. You know, and it's like, do they even really want to go down that way? Because I believe what the the original statements were saying is like it was going to be, you know, we're just going to keep putting out a Star Wars movie a year for who knows how long. In my mind, I feel like that's just saying until we crash and burn and then we'll just we'll grab onto something else. Marvel. You know, oh man, at some point. Is phase four going to work? I mean, are we that involved with it that they can just continue to turn out these amazing movies? Uh, Whether that's your opinion of these movies or not, will they be able to, you know, is it always just, at what point does it become mediocre? You know, and and, that's that's the thing is like, you know, I, I like lemonade. I love lemonade. But if you keep putting water into the lemonade, eventually it's just water. Totally. So I mean, for if for me, even if okay, no, go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, that's 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 no, no. That's, 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 no, no, that's essentially it. It's just like at, at certain point, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but it just it's going to become a watered down version of what the original product is. Is it worth it for the buck? Obviously, some people are going to say yes because they've got big homes and cars and you know whatever that they want to they want to continue to to have this ridiculous lifestyle that this type of business gives. But is that what is going on? Or is it just is it just being done for those people and it's being fed to us like you like this, right? You like this. You'll you'll keep buying it, right? It's the same thing. Just keep buying it. You know what I'm saying? Totally. I mean, and mind you, I don't mind if someone comes up with an original idea and decides I want to make another one to see what happens to these. Characters. Sure, absolutely. More power. But when Hollywood is just like, we're gonna keep rebooting these blockbusters because we have no better imagine if like nowadays, if Citizen Kane was made, you don't think they'd make a Citizen Kane too? They, they it just to. all depends, you know. It's it's the field of dreams analogy. Like if you if you build it, they will come. But they will come. But will they? After a while, that's what I'm wondering. Uh, I think they will, as long as we keep giving them. Uh, well, I don't know. Again, uh, you gotta wonder. Like it was just to use your analogy. Uh, if you have lemonade and it's the best lemonade ever. Even if you have that same lemonade for three years straight, you're going to get sick you of it. You get tired of that lemonade. But the Totally. But if you keep, even if you have the opportunity with that lemonade, but you also have other options, you would go to other stuff. Is Hollywood giving people other options? There's, that's why I think Blumhouse is so important. It's giving people other options. Like instead of seeing uh, a blockbuster movie, you can see a Get Out. Instead of seeing this monster blockbuster reboot, you could see a Happy Death Day, which is a reboot, but it's at least something trying to do something different. And it's not a reboot of a blockbuster. It's a reboot of something a lot of people surprisingly haven't seen yet. You know what I'm saying? I think Blumhouse is really onto something. They're giving these directors free reign to do whatever they want with a minuscule budget. That's it right there. It's, it's like, the free reign that they're given that is making these do movies succeed. Want. 
Bingo. And it's not even with $4.8 million, a lot of that, the reason that it makes a difference is because for if I gave $4.8 million to um, uh, Steven Spielberg or Ron Howard, they'd be like, this is literally my per diem for lunch for a week. But if you give $4.8 million to Jordan Peele, he can make magic because that's a lot of money to them. They're like, oh, we can find people, editors, this and that to work within this budgetary restraint. But um, you can't really do that in the Hollywood monster system because you have to spend that money. When you have $84 million, you're going to start throwing money around. You know what I'm saying? But when you have $4.8 million, everything has to matter. Everything has to matter. The shooting has to matter. The extras have to matter. The clothes has to matter because everything's on a budget and everything matters. So I think people like more people need to follow their dreams and do a Blumhouse. Just do it. You can. You know, if anything, this is the perfect time for people to jump in and do something brand new. This is your shot, man. For sure. Do it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're itching. People, there's, we're not the only ones in the world itching for a new thing. Go out there. Do a dream. And if, if it's like, oh, I couldn't do it. I'm just going to do this. No. Do it. I mean, Jason Blum isn't 100 times smarter than you. That's your daggone sure. And people are itching for a brand new thing. There is someone out there saying, I could have done that. I could have done Get Out. I could have done this movie. I could have done Paranormal Activity. Well, then do it. I'll watch it. Dan will watch it probably, maybe, if he's not busy with Star Wars and other blockbusters that suck out money. That's pretty much all I do. Yeah, that's all I do, Steve. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it's your thing. But Hollywood isn't where the ideas are. It's with us. We have the ideas, man. Even if you're looking at something like, say, let's talk horror for a second. There are awesome stories coming out of, like, say, No Sleep podcast, which, of course, we know there's the No Sleep Reddit, you know. Dude. There's so many sto- genuinely scary stories that I've, re- that I've listened to. Genuinely scary. <laughs> like, I would love to see this be made. Again, talking about Pen Pal. Totally. Why, is, why is Pen Pal yes. not made? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. no offense to Momoa. Someone wants to reboot the crow. Okay. Yes. Now, personally, I know there's a, there's a, uh, you know, there's a quite a crowd that loved the crow, but why rehash it? Exactly. Why? I mean, I mean, I mean, you got to give it to Amazon. They did listen to lore. The right person listened to lore though. I mean, a few episodes in, he had a TV deal, but I don't know if it's working that well. Cause they're not doing it. How lore is supposed to be done. I think it's not supposed to be a narrative it's supposed to be an actual show skip the narration just let it be a a person's walking and this happens that's what we want to see we want to see a no sleep we we don't necessarily need a narration we want to see these things come to life you know what i'm saying and i think but even that we're even talking about these things happening the fact that laura is a show is good that's what we need we need Hey, let's turn this podcast of these people doing really cool stuff into a big screen event. I mean, I told, I mean, even look, these people that are streaming concerts to movie theaters, that's even important. You know what I'm saying? Let us see something different, something that we haven't seen before. New energy. Maybe it's new energy, man. I'm done with the blockbusters. I'm done with them. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to obviously go see him so I could comment on him. But I would much any day of the week, any day of the week, I would much rather see a low budget, something like the killer 
I'd rather see that any day of the week than a Batman versus Superman. Easy. Oh, I absolutely feel you. And I know that you were just giving me shit about going only going to see Star Wars and blockbusters. Yeah, I, I know you're yeah. kidding. I mean, this is his dick move. But I knew you were kidding. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, I mean, one of the best movies that I've seen this year, in my opinion, was The Big Sick. Mm-hmm. And that was a good movie, dude. Yeah, I really, really love oh, that. We never got to talk. No, about but it. I love yeah. that movie. I mean, I felt I had, I had emotions in that movie. Do you know what I'm saying? So did I. And. Mm-hmm. And that was something different. It was something that was low budget and it just smashed it. It was great. As a matter of fact, folks, if you haven't seen The Big Sick, well, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Go watch The Big Sick. But it was something that was, it was just, it was, it you know was what it is? So but it was just a story about life. You know what I yes. mean? And it was coming from a certain perspective. It had a certain, um, a great storyline. There were several, you know, it was like a multifaceted storyline. It had to do with culture. It had to do with being ill, yes. you know, and, and that's something that's awesome. But then you just, yes. or let's make another Halloween. Exactly. You know what I mean? And it's, exactly. hey, you know what, man, I know people are just doing this. They got to make, they got to put food on the table and everything like that. But I'm really hoping that at some point Hollywood gets behind that, that there are still, because there, there are still so many fresh ideas out there. Totally. And and you know what? You can even sort of recycle that. I mean, maybe now it's time. I'm not opposed to sequels, Steve. I actually like sequels if they're done correctly. But maybe it's time to start a whole new wave of new stories so we can actually get those sequels as opposed to rehashing another Star Wars or, you know, Indiana Jones 5 or whatever the hell else is coming out right now. I think that Hollywood's in a bit of a rut right now, and I'm really hoping that they can they can get past that. And give us something totally else, you know, a new renaissance of movies. Yes. And in um, in closing, bro, I just want to speak to whoever is listening to this with a script in front of them that they never finished, with a camera that they never used, with a backdrop that they're like, maybe I can't do this because their parents are telling them to go to school and become a doctor. I'm probably going to be the worst person to give you advice, but just follow your dream, dude. I promise you as a 39-year-old man, I would have never regretted going full bore with my dream. I promise you, you won't regret going. If you go full bore with your dream, crash and burn at the end of your life, you could actually say, I tried. Yeah. At least you did it. And all that fun. At least you did it, dude. All that fun and all the fun and all the people, I guarantee that sitting around that table later on talking about the crash and burn, those stories are going to be awesome. Remember when we shot over here and we couldn't get the camera work because you all experienced something. Just pick up the camera. Pick up that keyboard, turn on that microphone, push record, start shooting, start writing your script, start editing it, start sending it out, start putting your name out there. Do not do what everybody else wants you to do. Follow your dream. I promise you, you won't regret it. I promise that Hollywood is not waiting for you. They're not waiting for you, but the public is. The public wants to hear your voice. And there's someone out there listening saying, should I do it? I'm telling you, do it. Don't even think about it. Go do it. I don't care if you're 20 years old or 60 year old. Just go do it. And that's all I have to say for this episode. Follow your dream. Go for it, Dan. That's good stuff, man. I agree with you 100%. Addressing the public. I think it's important these days that we step out of our comfort zone. Yes. You know? Yep. And you want to see a blockbuster movie? You want to see your Thors, your Star Wars? Just go do it, man. It's fun. It's the holidays. That's what that thing's for. But step out of your comfort zone. And start supporting some of these independent movies that are coming out, these lesser budget movies, because there's magic there. You know, you might not see someone fly across the screen or a, a hammer go into someone's hand and, you know, lightning shoot out of somebody or something like that. But it's not all about that. 
There are so many amazing stories out there that need to be heard and need to be seen. And I think it's important to the public to support these things because it's going to give Hollywood, you know, blanket statement Hollywood. It's going to give that impression that, oh, times are changing. We do need to address these things. We don't need these Indiana Jones 5 movies anymore. You know, no offense to the Indiana Jones fans out there. But yes. let's, you know, as a, as, a, as a community, as a public, make that message heard. I think it's important. I think it's super important. Love it. So... That's all I got to say this week, Steve. All right. All right. Uh, You want to end us off with uh, our contact information? Damn right I do, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Heroes of Noise. My name is Dan, and I got a little bit more information for you before we just call this one a day. Uh, If you want to reach the Heroes of Noise, you can email us at heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to reach us on Twitter, it is at heroesofnoise. My name is Dan. You can reach me at Dan Q Public, and you can reach my friend Steve at SE underscore Hudson Music. You can also give us a voicemail. You know, one of these days, I know for a fact that we're gonna we're gonna actually look on the email. We're gonna have something there, and I really want to. I want to know. I want to hear your voices, people. There's certain regulars, people that came over with us. I want to hear your voices, people. I'm talking to you. Five five nine four nine two nine eight three one. That's five five nine, Steve. 492-9831. That's where you can reach the Heroes of Noise. Give us a call. Say what's up. We'd love to hear from you. And until the next time we talk to you, I've been your host, Steve. My name is Dan Ramirez. I'm going to leave you with this here, folks. Don't go chase the waterfalls. Just, just, just stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Because I know that you, know, you want to have it your way or nothing at all. But personally, I think you're moving too fast. So... <laughs> that's all i got for you this week ladies and gentlemen i think it's a good time for me to just turn this microphone off right now thank you so much for listening to the heroes of noise we will see you next week bye bye that's it brother <laughs>